This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chiniki. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. Welcome to the Dave Leary Show. Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by Freedom's Path Recovery Society in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Thank you for tuning in. Please remember that these opinions that are shared are those of the individuals and not of any agency, organization, or other entity, unless otherwise specified. Also, if you're a minor, please check with your parent and or guardian as you need to have permission to listen to these podcasts. We will potentially talk about violent subject matter, sexual content, and difficulties human beings face on their day-to-day lives in recovery. So anyway, I fucking quit, went to Italy. I wrote my first book in Italy, like about her and all that shit and then and about the girl previously and and uh so i got a bunch of that filth out but i spent all the time my time in italy um drinking and using drugs and you know um trying to make money on the beach with uh with guys or it was it was like a it was really it was really interesting trying to hustle in a different part of the world and mm. you're trying to use the same skills you hustle with here which are different obviously yeah, yeah. because you, you're because here i'm comfortable and for sure i have regular places i go that i know i'm going to find these things right but there you have to kind of search a little bit um yeah. and so I'm, I'm saying that like it was an exciting time it was like it was exciting it was also desperate and it was also yeah. debilitating but it was exciting and it's exciting to go to a, different, a new country right sure. and, yeah. and i got to hang out with my brother and we got to like hang out and we played like video games like for three months or whatever and had some fun and you know we drove up to to holland and bought a brick of hash and drove it back down to italy like you know like we did some fun shit so i i'm definitely not trying to make it sound like it was really the worst time of my life because it wasn't yeah um i mean we almost got into a fight in an italian like bar and like everybody kept telling me not to close my fists because you get in more trouble for it. And I was like pounding this too. <laughs> and uh, I just wanted to pound. Sorry, I was in my mind, I'm pounding this dude because I can't even remember how it started. And uh, I think we got separated before things got too bad. But yeah. everyone kept saying like, Dave, open your hands, open your hands. You got to slap apparently. Oh, wow. Because it's like a different, if you close your fist, it's a different charge or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and yeah, people don't weird. fight like that unless they're actually, I guess, fighting, you know, like, and they yeah, don't yeah. care about going to jail or whatever. I didn't know that. So anyway, I, I, I'm I, like, really? Well, then I didn't want to fight anymore down there because yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to slap anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, dude, I don't want to slap nobody. Yeah, yeah. And I, I don't think, I don't think any, that might have actually been, I might be thinking of a totally different time in Italy. Because I'm, I'm now I'm remembering that Nate was there too, and I don't think Nate was there when I lived there when I was living there with Greg. Um, no, it wasn't Nate wasn't there then. But we, the three of us brothers, were there together mm. as well. Because Greg was working there for a few years. 
couple of years anyway. And uh, so then I, I fucking left there, came back here. Um, I felt like I was a little better and maybe I was okay, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and um, came back and uh, I can't remember where I went to work right away. Oh, the drop-in center. I was working at the drop-in center overnights doing their intox level and mm. um, working there. And that really did become, and I probably was like 26, I think at that time, 26, 27. Okay. It was getting close to when I was done drinking though. Like it was because I was, um, I was starting to hit my, hit my bottom. Like I was coming up on a bottom when I started mm-hmm. working at the drop-in center overnights, the, the, the absolute human tragedy that's exhibited there every night. Like the, the, yeah. it's basically, you know, um, it just became so hard to live with, like watching that every day and, mm-hmm. and knowing like, I mean, when I was there, I think I worked there for 10 months. And we, I think we lost three people in 10 months overnight, wow. just from our, our shift. I can't even tell you about the other shift, yeah. shifts, um, but our shift, I think we had three, three people expire, you know, um, in that wow. period of time. Not like in the center? Yeah. Oh, center, wow. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and so you don't find them till the morning till you're getting yeah. people up. Right. And so, yeah. and, and so that was, that was a little shitty. Yeah. yeah that's that tough was a little to shitty. With, yeah. It was tough to deal with, man. Especially when you're, when I'm drinking. Yeah. So then you want to, I'm assuming Fuck more you. is better. Fuck yeah, dude. Numb makes, out, man. Makes more shit go away. Yeah. yeah. And it, well, it didn't take long for uh, the shift that I was on. Um, some of us would go down to the river after our fourth night shift, like eight o'clock in the morning, which is fucking shit faced. Really? Like everybody else along the river. Wow. And yeah. By, by 1030 in the morning, I'm just fucking wrecked. Wow. Um, and it got, it got so bad by the time I think it was coming close to the end of my time at the drop-in center and we uh, we actually got kicked out of a bar on Eighth Ave at ten thirty, like wow. it just fucking opened and we got kicked out. Holy we've been man. drinking since eight. Yeah, yeah. Right. I left the drop-in center and I went back to work at Eighth in the Cold. And how did that go? No, I wasn't at Eighth in the Cold yet again. Anyway, I was drinking all the time. I went back to work doing some loss prevention work as well and bouncing. Mm. Like I was coming to the end of my drinking and stuff and, and I was doing shit that like fucking teenagers did, right? Like yeah. what kind of fucking twenty eight year old man works as a fucking bouncer? I mean, I get it if you enjoy the job and all that kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. but most of us didn't really enjoy the job. We like banging yeah. chicks and, and getting cash at the end of the night, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Um and always being surrounded by booze. That's really yeah, yeah. the bulk of what I was around now. So when you look back now, like on this time would you say like you were accelerating? Oh, I, I would say that I hit I hit the chronic stage of alcoholism probably while I was working at the drop-in center. Yeah. yeah. I hit the stage where I could I could no longer um, go too long without booze. Yeah. And I'd start to get pissy, right? And then what I would do as time went on. So for a bit, I just did loss prevention. And I, I got to work with some really awesome people in loss prevention too. Yeah. Um, that I, I got to drink with lots. We partied lots. Um, and oftentimes I'll be very flippant when I say I don't really have many friends from before, but the reality is I do have some, mm-hmm. right? And and I I think I'm I say it pretty flippantly, and I don't mean to because some of the people that I still see today um, from those days, like some of them yeah. are such good humans um, yeah. that I'm still friends with them. So right I I just I don't I don't always explain that, and I think sometimes I say it too flippantly, like the old versus the new. It wasn't like everybody was gone from before 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It wasn't because again, this was almost like high school. By the time I sobered up, I, I was pretty well aware at this point that I was the lower character that mm. these other people were hanging out with. Right. Yeah. That there's a, there's a talks about it. In the, I think it's the, one of the books literature for one of the 12 step groups. And it talks about, we'll find ourselves hanging out with people of lower moral character or something like that. Mm. Um, and the reality is, is that I was that person. Like yeah. that's what I'd become. Right. And, wow. and so, and I could see it because I knew the guys that I was hanging out with, they were, they had like, they had promise. They were going to do yeah. things that, um, that I wasn't going to do. Right. right. And, uh, and in my mind, I wasn't going to amount to shit, but these mm. people were going to amount to stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I, I just want to say that because I still I see some of these folks and I I, I think highly of them like I yeah. do right and I recognize that I was a problem. <laughs> I was my problem. Well, that's was, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I recognize is that I was my problem. Yeah. Right. Even going back to high school. Right. And and doesn't mean that I wasn't upset at you know the 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 friend who turned me in. That doesn't mean I wasn't sure. upset about that. Uh, yeah, you still had some pretty normal human emotions. Yeah, things, right. But so. in hindsight, I recognized that that person was taking care of themselves and taking yeah. care of their family yeah. by doing that, right? And yeah, so sure. I totally, I have come full circle on that too. I just feel like no, everything happened the way it needed to, right? Mm -hmm. And those people needed to protect themselves. So yeah. I don't blame them for that. Uh, anyway, uh, I'm so about a couple years away from. Um, sobering up no but a year and a half i think at that time but everything is escalating now right like i i'm working two jobs i'm going to university of calgary I, i'm working towards my degree in literature this time because i didn't want to be a social worker anymore i was mm. all pissy about it yeah because yeah. i mean fuck who wouldn't be pissy after working like at the drop-in center overnights for 10 months yeah yeah and having three people die two people come in and, you, and you're part of like helping them um, with their like sex assaults that they were assaulted, right? Because mm -hmm. they're working girls. And yeah. um, anyway, like that stuff, there was no doubt that was going to push me over the edge, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Working with all of that, the the human, the pain that we carry as humans sometimes because of what we do and what happens to us. Um, anyway, I uh, <laughs> it just started to escalate. So. Um, 2001, September 11th, 2001 was when the, the towers, the tower, the planes hit the towers. And sorry, yeah. I was trying to say that in a non fucking idiotic manner because, um, it's not, it was, it changed the world forever. Right. Like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I, I remember it because I was on night shifts at mm -hmm. the drop-in center. And that's why I'm going back to it is because I remember, waking up and i didn't have tv at that time i had a tv just for yeah. video, for movies or whatever but sure. i had no cable or nothing like that and i had no idea that it happened so i woke up after sleeping during the day and i went to the gym and i, I as i'm at the gym i'm like first of all it's really fucking quiet in here and then i'm looking up at all the screens on all the di different things at the gym and it's all these planes going into the towers and, I'm, and so i'm like holy fuck, is there a new movie coming out? And I'm like, yeah, a new yeah. fucking diehard movie, I bet, because it's a tower, oh, and, yeah. right? Like, And, and I'm, I'm just not thinking because I didn't know. Well, and you wouldn't think that. 
nobody thought that, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. you're not going to come up with that unless no, you know. you got that right. Yeah. So I went to the fucking desk and I asked the girl, I'm like, what the fuck happened? Because <laughs> I'm starting to panic now. I'm like, are we at war? Like, and I mean, I guess yeah, essentially yeah. we were yeah. um, at that point. But uh, she told me what happened. I said, no. And then I got fucking white. And she goes, you didn't know? And I'm like, I just woke up. Yeah. I felt like the guy after a coma, hey, you wake up and the world is fucking different. Yeah. And because it was. And totally. and, yeah. and I knew, like I, I I was very surprised that um those countries over there still stood, to be honest. Because mm-hmm. I, I you know, you know the bushes. The bushes weren't gonna fuck around. Like <laughs> red button, pretty, that shit. Yeah, yeah. Right. They were and I know that that George Bush was licking this shit up because this is mm-hmm. like well, now we get to come fuck you up, right? Um, and and rightfully so in that moment, right? Because you your the anger would have been off the chart. Sure. The fear, the anger, the hate, everything would have come to the surface at that moment, right? And uh, so anyway, I I I, I mentioned that only because I it was a, a lucid moment that I had where I was mm. like, oh fuck, like it's literally coming to an end, like everything. I was pretty sure we were all going to be fucking in war by in a year, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and we kind of were, and yeah. in a lot of different ways. Um, but then, I don't know what what happened. I oh yeah, I guess this kind of like I, I got together with another single mom. Okay, so we can see yeah. that I didn't learn the best. I was <laughs> slow, very slow. Um, and I asked her to marry me, and uh, yeah. like within a couple months. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck, seriously, dude. I, I was older. I wasn't smarter. I was actually getting worse, right? I was coming to the bottom. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and again, this lady, wonderful human, and her daughter was amazing, right? Like an amazing kid. Um, I had no fucking business doing that to anybody, but I did. And uh, I, I don't, uh, I'm not proud of any of that shit. Like, you know, because uh, I was definitely bisexual and I was living bisexual. I just wasn't telling anybody you know i didn't mm. have to so i was working two jobs i was working overnight security and then Se- loss prevention with sears um and overnight security is when i do all my homework for university but i'd be mm. half cut most of the time right and so like when i went in there or i'd get drunk while i was there no oh, um wow. i was i was up by myself all night and nothing yeah. fucking ever happened like yeah. literally i fell asleep one night on the desk yeah. and the fucking cleaner put a blanket on me <laughs> right that's a great job fucking awesome i know actually i know a, a friend of mine went did the same thing through university yeah and for that reason yeah he'd do his homework do his one little walkthrough and then he'd sleep for the rest yep. of the night so and yeah. most of the time i could get some sleep and and it was no big yeah. deal right i, I yeah. just thought that was really funny and i wanted to remember that and mention it because i really appreciated the blanket it yeah. was really fucking cold too yeah he must have i must have been shivering like in my sleep because he just like probably felt really bad wow um so that's how my drinking had been escalating so like up until that point that last year of my drinking this is the last year of my drinking now um i um up until then i hadn't drank at school before work right so i had managed to control it to a certain extent and uh i uh i I couldn't stop it anymore i I was i had no fucking control man like i was done and uh, I, I was, I'd go to school, like university in the day for like a couple hours, go to class, 
And then, of course, like it's university, so people are like, hey, you guys want to go get a pint? And of course, yeah. it's like, you're fucking right, I do. Let's go yeah. get a pint or two. Um, even though I have to work at like fucking six or whatever. Yeah. And then I'd show up at work and just, I, I wasn't driving at the time. So this is one of the things that changed when I when I came back from the army is I never drunk, drank and drove again. Like I just mm. didn't. I, I stayed out of my fucking car. Um, yeah, yeah. And by the time I was th- towards the end of my drinking, um, there was a period of time where I didn't even have a car because mm. I didn't trust myself, right? Like yeah. I was drinking all the time. Uh, and so anyway, uh, yeah, that's what happened that last, that last year. I asked this girl to marry me. And then, of course, we broke up. And then we got back together a couple times. But like what what had one thing I remember about it that I, I'm mentioning it for is because I remembered something else had changed again in me when um, we had broken up and then we got back together just to have some sex. Really, that's all mm-hmm. we were doing. Whenever we got back together, we could have just simply said if we were adult about it, we would have just said, look, let's just fucking get it over with yeah, and yeah. then move on. Right. Like, but we weren't there. We were still trying to make it seem romantic. Oh, we might get back together. Yeah. This is so lovely. Oh my God. It was just a bad idea. But anyway, I had been exploring all kinds of like my sexuality for the last couple of years. So I was still doing it. Of course, mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it as cheating anymore. Like, oh, wow. so I knew that like things were changing because I no longer felt like it was cheating. I just felt yeah. like it was life. Right. Yeah, That's yeah. how, this is how humans should be doing it. Right. Right. And that married people were stupid. And or faithful people were stupid, yeah, which yeah. is ridiculous, right? Um, but anyway, um, I we came back together to have this sex, the getting back together sex, without the getting back together part. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I, I started to do stuff that just she was not comfortable with, and mm. um, and not do it without asking, but asking, and and she was not comfortable, and yeah, yeah. and so I was like, oh. Okay, well, I guess we're just not going to be able to do this anymore then, because yeah. I didn't know there was any other way to do it anymore. Because as you start to explore, you're like, well, I don't want to go backwards, right? It's kind of yeah, like yeah. a scientist. Like if yeah, you, get, yeah. you go far enough into your research, you're not going to fucking stop. Yeah, yeah. Right. You want to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, I was not interested in the vanilla anymore. Like I didn't, I didn't want to be with a this. And frankly, thank God it happened so that I could stop doing it. Right. Like asking people to marry me like what a dumb way to try to sort of save yourself right so anyway uh that finally ended like it just ended i couldn't do that anymore and i I don't know if we had sex one more time or something like that we might have i really can't remember but i was enjoying like um in university i was just drinking all the time and fucking all the time and Still participating in all the shit I was participating in, but then I met this this uh, this other girl, and uh, she. I'm going to talk about her a little bit because she actually got me into the rooms to get me sober. No, oh, okay. Um, and uh, she didn't stay, uh, but she got me in the rooms, and then she took off and went oh. back out. And I don't know where she is now, uh, but I do owe her that. She did. Yeah. I'm not going to say her name, but she did. Uh, she did get me in the rooms. Right. And but we were on again, off again for the last probably six months of my drinking and my using. And really, it wasn't um, it wasn't until her that I started to experiment with more drugs. Like I started to use morphine. Right. Mm. She didn't use morphine, but I started to. And 
and it's because I couldn't cope with what her and I had again. This was almost the same as the the policewoman earlier on, like a few years prior, mm-hmm. is because it was just so toxic, right? Yeah, because yeah. sometimes you put two people together, man, and and we were like oil and water, yeah. really. Like it was it was only the the physical was so good with her and I that we overlooked all the other stuff, wow. right? Until we couldn't overlook it anymore, yeah. right? And and I was you know I was not faithful um, most of the time like neither was she like we but we were still living the same way we'd always lived right and we just wanted to have each other for company i think right yeah. and uh, and we had great times like a lot of fun but like lots of that stuff back then it it, it ends right like yeah. it ends when when you're not when you're not into something honestly it, it just it ends yeah it's just the way it goes and it did. And so anyway, like we had broken up a month before, but we were still off and on banging and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but she was, uh, I hadn't talked to her at this point. I hadn't talked, spoken to her for a month. Like we'd emailed a couple times. And of course I'd be like, oh, like I'll be here if you want to have sex. Yeah. 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 God, it just sounds so awful. Now <laughs> thinking back. I'm like so embarrassed about this right now. <laughs> I'm like these emails. Yeah, bad idea. Bad idea. Hopefully they deleted the at this point in time, right? Hopefully, yeah. But who knows, man? I mean, the reality is, though, as I'm talking, telling the story, like I fully recognize, uh, you know what? I've been human. Yeah, I've been very fucking human, and uh, yeah, I, I can't do nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So whatever, whatever happens, happens, right? It's yeah, like, that's right. Um, you can't go back, but but you can move forward, which is pretty fucking sweet. Um. So anyway, I had been gone. Her and I hadn't been seeing each other for a month. We hadn't seen each other for that long. And I was on a, my last binge um, before sobering up. Well, I didn't know at the time it was my last binge. But my little brother and I, like, we rented a Mustang and drove up to Edmonton and, you know, like, burned Jays the whole road trip up. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know how we didn't get a fucking ticket. I think we were going, like, 160 or 170, like, the whole way up. or I can't remember. Nate would remember probably more than I would because at that point in, in my in my existence, I was under the influence of something almost all the time, wow. right? Like whether it was, you know, weed, morphine or whatever it was at that time. Yeah. Um, except for stimulants. I never got into the stimulants um, oh, okay. uh, because I was already high strung. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, as a super high strung kid, like it was the, it was the down that I wanted, you know? It for was sure, the down, yeah. Like always the down. Hence the alcoholism, I guess. Um, so anyway, we went and we were on this like total cool trip. We were having fun and all that stuff. And and then uh, we go to Vancouver and and my last my last night out, I just couldn't get drunk and I couldn't get high. And um, I probably told a bit of this story uh, last year when we were talking about Thanks. Freedom's Path, I think. Maybe, yeah. Um, and probably throughout the year too. I probably threw this yeah, bit yeah. in a couple times, but... Um, Reality is, I just I, I was so fucking devastated that I couldn't get what I wanted anymore from it. That wow. I, I I guess um, because by the time we were heading home from Vancouver, where we finished the my my last binge, um, I just I couldn't I couldn't get high. Like I wasn't high. I wasn't, and and I'd taken enough to get high. Like we'd all taken lots, and wow. <laughs> you know we had gotten mushrooms on the beach, like. On, at Wreck Beach, like we all bought a bunch of mushrooms and we ate them, and like everybody else is enjoying it. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. Like, I, because my wow. brain has just had enough. 
I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's probably doctors who can describe what happened better than me. Yeah. That's fine. But how it felt for me um, was simply the next day. I didn't feel it until the next day when I was done. I was desperate. I'm in the backseat of the car. We're driving back from Vancouver. Um, I am just fucking miserable. Like my, I, my heart is just fucking miserable. And I'm pretty sure that if I can get a gun when I get home, I'm going to take my life because wow. I'm finished. Like I'm, I can't afford it. I was like fucking 500 bucks and I didn't get drunk. I'm like pissed right the fuck oh, off. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like I was mad. Um, but anyway, I couldn't get drunk. And so I'm in the back of the car. Like I don't know who, what to pray to, who to pray to, if I'm praying to anybody. I'm just, kind of like thinking in my head, oh, yeah. fuck, what is happening? I need some help. I need some help, right? Yeah. And I didn't even know it was because of the drinking or the drugs at the time. And so we get back to town, had a fucking answering machine, and there's a voicemail on there, and a message on there, not a voicemail, because now it's like, it was a tape. <laughs> so Back then, yeah. Yeah, it was actually like a message, and uh, a recorded, yeah, I guess it was recorded anyway. But anyway, said, Hey, like I'm going to a meeting. Why don't you give me a call? Maybe we go to a meeting tonight and have coffee. And coffee meant sex. So I was like, kind of meeting. Fuck whatever. We're having sex. I'm coming. And uh, yeah. And so of course I got tricked into my first AA meeting. <laughs> yeah, I did. Totally did. Wow. And but it, she didn't trick me on purpose. She probably said it in the message, and I just fucking blacked out. Yeah. As soon did. as she said coffee, I'm like, I'm gonna have coffee with you. Yeah. Um, and. So I went, I, I, I went to this meeting that night uh, in, in Kensington and it was in a meeting called the Garnet underneath the broken plate and the fucking air was blue with smoke because you could smoke mm. back then inside. And um, I just, uh, I couldn't get the words out when they asked me to share. Uh, I couldn't get the word alcoholic out because I yep. broke down crying and knew that I was fucking alcoholic and all of a sudden I knew it and I... Um, wow. Yeah, and I had been around people who were in 12-step groups for quite a while, but it never occurred to me that I might belong there. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird how the brain can, like, protect you oh, yeah. from that truth, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, there was such a deep level of denial until there wasn't that yeah. no wonder it took so long um, to get in. But anyway, I, um, I came in, and I haven't had to go back out since, and, uh, and that's kind of cool because I came in to get laid. Yeah, yeah. And I stayed. To get sober. You, you came to get laid and you got sober instead. Yeah, right? Which is way better. I also got laid, by the way. Um, so I got the best of all the worlds. So. But anyway, that first night, okay, um, before that, my sobriety started to go off the rails as well, um, the first night, I, I think there, there's a part of our literature that talks about an incomprehensible demoralization that we feel in, at our bottom, right? And mm. it's this incomprehensible demoralization that I think is what connects all of our bottoms together. And it's not because it's the same details of what happened during your bottom. It's that incomprehensible demoralized feeling. Yes. That, that, that feeling in here, yeah. man, that you have that. Okay. I am fucking finished. And there's no doubt in your mind. And there's no doubt mm. in your heart. You don't have a question in your mind. Like, hmm, maybe I'm not an alcoholic. You have this like, yeah, I'm done. I'm in. Like, I get it. I, I fucking get it. And mm. I didn't consciously get it, but a part of me got it, right? Like, um, because I didn't start doing the work right away. As I said, I started using the room like it was a dating site. And 
it was an in-person dating site. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of was. Like it, yeah. it was like that when and I think it's still like that when you're new, right? Yeah, like yeah, I think it sure. probably still gives off that air. Um I can sense it. Well, sometimes. you have something in common and Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. do, right? You're yeah. you're connecting instantly yeah. because you share pain. Yeah, for sure. Know? And that makes us all feel like we're a little closer, right? Yeah, when we absolutely. share that. Um so anyway, I uh life was still just continuing as usual for a bit when I sobered up. It was about probably eight months after I sobered up when I got hired to work as a special constable with transit. Mm. And I had applied on a whim, basically. I was a, I was a social worker. I was working with Inf and Nicole at that time, again. Yeah. And I don't, I, a friend of mine was working with transit, and he was in the plainclothes unit. And mm. him and I worked loss prevention together, and he kind of, kind of amped me up to apply for the job and got me all excited about it because I'm like, oh, I might get to like plain clothes, buy dope, squash people, yeah, yeah. have fun, right? Like I just had yeah. the, I had it in my head that it was going to be a good time. And uh, well, and some of it really was like a for sure. lot of fun, man. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And I worked with some really fucking cool people. Like uh, yeah. I, that's what I came to know. Anyway, I decided, okay, I talked to my boss at the time at Inf and Nicole and she was so supportive, like, gave me a wicked reference was just all kinds of supportive eh? and right um yeah it was it was helpful man it's nice when yeah. you have that soft place to land right yeah um so i uh i went and i lied like a fucking dog on my disclosure form because they ask you all these different things they call it a, what do they call it a moral disclosure form or something like that so i lied like crazy actually i don't know if i lied like crazy on the on the transit one i lied like crazy on the police one Mm. complete application because i'd applied for the police prior to that no oh, okay um i got like deferred because i of my file manager I, I she was obviously like switched on she figured something out about me that i just didn't mm. i didn't give anyone else the indication but she picked it up mm. and and she she did not let me become a police officer yeah dude i passed the polygraph wow they ask you questions directly whether you're using drugs and i had passed it wow I didn't get, I didn't get like stopped until after my panel interviews and the panel interviews went awesome except for her. Oh, really? she figured something out, man. And I, and I give her like credit for that. Now, yeah. Back then I was mad because I thought, well, this was supposed to be my career, right? Like obviously I was yeah. meant to do it. Um, so when I got deferred, I was mad for a bit, but as obviously as time went on, I was like, how the fuck did she know that? Yeah, like, yeah. She's pretty good. Actually, <laughs> I got to give her credit. Right. Um, hindsight turns like fiction into fact right like it's kind of neat where you can actually look back and go you know i was wrong there and this person figured it out for sure you know it's kind of nice to be able to give credit where it's due finally instead of thinking oh i was just so sneaky i don't even know what happened it's (laughs) always like that right like oh i don't know what happened Um, well i know what happened somebody figured you out that's what happened and she just couldn't articulate it yeah so she had to give this bullshit that looked like bullshit and, yeah. But it's only because she couldn't articulate it because I hadn't actually done anything yet. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't know that I was that I went to my polygraph with fucking joints in my cigarette pack. Like she didn't know that, right? Like wow. nobody knew that. But I had gotten so careless with it because that was my life. I didn't think anything of it. If it was like, why wouldn't I bring cigarettes? Why wouldn't I leave the joints in there? I'm going to smoke it after I'm done. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So anyway, um, thank God I got deferred. So anyway, I was I got hired with Transit and. Um, I was about eight months sober when I got hired. 
Uh, and I was nervous, but you know what? Like I, I just thought, well, I'm going to try it. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's no question I'm going to try it. I was sober. So I wanted to try all kinds of stuff. I was for like, sure. oh fuck, I'm getting an opportunity. Right. And, yeah. um, and it was really good for a while, man. Like I, I'm not a big rule guy though. So that part of it was hard for me, like enforcing yeah. rules, like stupid rules. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I don't like, I just don't. And yeah. so of course I always I occasionally would get like called on for it. Like, dude, yeah. why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you writing yeah, this yeah. ticket? I'm like, cause it's stupid. It's yeah. a stupid ticket. I'm not going to write it. Like, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not, bo- I'm not bothering like John and Jane lunch pail going to and from work. Like I'm not doing that. I'm not harassing those people. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like I will absolutely harass the people who are hurting other people. For absolutely. Sure. I'll be all over them like stink on shit. Right. Like, yeah. but I'm not going to harass John and Jane lunch pail to and from work. It's not going to happen. And, and, but of course, like eventually you start writing tickets and, and doing all that stuff. And, um, yeah. but even then I still, I never quite got too carried away with John and Jane lunch pail. Cause yeah. those are my people, man. Like I'm John and Jane lunch pail. Like that's me. I pick up a lunch pail, yeah. I go to work, right? Yeah, so yeah. I, I, and as transit constables that we, well, at least that's kind of the essence I got of it, right? Was like, if if we're dealing with just, at least the guys that I worked with and the girls that I worked with, we were pretty fair. Like, it was like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a ticket just because I have to give you a ticket, right? Yeah, yeah. Some, and towards the end, like towards maybe even my first six months, I was already at a place where I'd be like, do you want tickles or do you want tickets? Mm. And then, People be like, tickle, what do you mean? You're going to tickle me? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to tickle you if you want. <laughs> and then I, and then of course we were like joking. Yeah. Um, but I, it'd be like, no, do you want a lecture or do you want a ticket? Like, do you want to yeah. talk about what happened or do you want me to write you a ticket and just forget about it? You can fight it later. Yeah. yeah. Right. And um, that was always more interesting to me. Right. Yeah. I'd always be like, unless the person was a dick face, if, if man, woman, yeah, yeah. whatever it was, was dick face. Well, then dick faces get treated like dick faces. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, and just because you think that I don't have a gun, like it makes some difference in what's going to happen here. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I always thought that was interesting Yeah, yeah. that a lot of what I experienced was people only give respect if they see a gun, mm-hmm. it's nothing else to do with anything. Right. Because mm-hmm. in, in terms of transit property, I have the same powers as a police officer pretty much essentially. Outside of like the third party reports, right? But um, there was a, it, it just didn't, didn't equate to people, right? They couldn't, they couldn't make sense out of that because we weren't police. Yeah. We were special constables because we were yeah, yeah. a constable with a special appointment, right? That's what a special constable is. doesn't mean you're like half a constable. <laughs> it means that you're a constable with a special appointment, right? Yeah, yeah. By the Soul Gen of Alberta. Um, at least that's what it meant to us like we just and it didn't matter anyway um because just because i didn't have a gun didn't mean i'm not going to punch in the face yeah yeah right and i don't know if i ever said that yeah i did a couple times yeah because he'd be like oh he's just a security guard i'm like look it doesn't matter what i am i'm still about to punch you in the face (laughs) (laughs) like do you want that is that what you want yeah yeah. and then some people be like no (laughs) wow yeah like you actually had to do that right so uh anyway i Time went on and I just, I loved the fucking job. Um, I didn't love it so much writing tickets. I loved it when mm-hmm. I got into the plane, onto the plane clothes unit. And yeah, when yeah. I got on plane clothes, um, it was just perfect for me. Mm. Like it, I thought it was perfect, right? 
Yeah. Was, I was able to be whoever I wanted to be. And it didn't wow. have to be me. Yeah. It didn't have to be me anymore when I was out there working. I yeah, just, yeah. I could be, I think my, my street name was Henry. Everybody called me Henry, mm-hmm. right? Like my partners, we would, that's what we would say out there. And <laughs> stupid, right? Like it was, I, I wasn't ready for that kind of responsibility. And um, it got to the point where we got, we got invited to participate with the Calgary Police Service's undercover training program. So no special constable had ever been given this opportunity before, right? Yeah. So it was just, it was me and my two partners in plain nice. clothes. Yeah, and it was really exciting. It was really awesome. And um, it got me super pumped to apply to be a police officer again, right? And I'm sober and I'm like, but I, I'm now on this course having to be in bars and like buy dope and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. And and so, uh, or prepare to buy dope, you know. Learn yeah, because it's undercover, dope. right? So you yeah, gotta, you see stuff, you gotta play so that learning role. all that shit, right? So anyway, uh, we're on the course and we're doing things that special constables just shouldn't be doing, right? Mm. Like, and and that's okay because we're on the course, we're learning, we're not yeah, actually doing. That's it. what we're, you're there for. We're like, we're given positions on the course, mostly that are just like observing positions, right? So they were thinking about it. Like they weren't just throwing us in there willy nilly yeah, um, yeah. until that thing that we won't talk about happened. And then I was like, Oh, remind me to tell you about it after. Yeah. Um, but anyway, get through the course. And then, so after the course, we think that we are fucking UCs, right? Like we are, we're in, man. I got the dirty clothes. I got the beard. I got the shitty hair. My hair was all fucked up. Like it wasn't super long. It was just curly and like an afro because that's what mine yeah. does. Yeah. And it and, and I just looked like shit. Like I would when we go and do like stolen car details at different like train stations and yeah. try to catch thieves stealing cars. Like I would panhandle on the fucking plus fifteens. That kind of stuff like was really fun. Like mm-hmm. super fun and, and I loved it. I probably would still be with transit if I could have stayed, if we could have kept doing that. But of course, we started to get involved with uh, operations with different um, city police teams around the, around the city. Mm. And so one night specifically, I believe would be a major concern to the Soul Gen like, well, <laughs> at the time. They already knew, they knew about it because we had to tell them everything. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were doing an operation with a, a team of police from around the city and yeah. uh, on the trains and so we were doing by busts so we'd oh, okay. open and make, make arrests well this particular night we didn't have the same backup that we had for the week before um to do the by busts mm. okay so there's a procedure and cps now follows it to the letter like and, and they always did follow it to the letter it was because these members and us we were closer we were friends so we kind of the lines were really blurry between who was right what right um they were blurry until this night like mm-hmm. um because the lines get they get unblurred usually with adrenaline right where you're like yeah, yeah. holy shit what the fuck just happened right and so we were doing a, a thing on the trains and we were setting up a buy bust and we got these guys to come out and to deal deal to us right they got yeah. their dealer to come and we were meeting in the parking lot and uh all fucking hell broke loose like and there was only two guns on site, two police officers, and then three three of us were transit with no guns. And yeah. um, usually in that kind of a situation, like when you're doing a buy bust, you'll have all kinds of guns, 
right? All yeah. kinds of eyes and all kinds of guns. So you're never alone. You never feel like you're alone. Yeah. We were fucking alone. Wow. And the guy driving the car like went to pull, a, I think it was a screwdriver or something like that. Um, at first it was yelled out that it was a gun, 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 because that's all you heard. And I'm like, gun, gun, gun. <laughs> yeah. I'm in the fucking driver's window. And so I back up when uh, one of the members, when their gun comes out and is at my face because I'm leaning in the fucking car. And so I wow. have to jump back. And then of course, like, because this all hell went broke loose. Yeah. That's probably everything got in fucked like up. Five seconds. Every, in five seconds, everything got fucked up. Right. Yeah. And so anyway, we ended up getting reprimanded for this, mm. obviously. Like we had to give a debrief down at, um, downtown to, to an inspector. And, you yeah. know, the inspector was like, pretty nice to us transit boys because he's like how did you guys get wrapped up with these two fucking guys okay, like, <laughs> and 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 we were all kind of like ha, ha, ha. and i didn't say nothing about almost getting shot by my partner i, I was yeah. like i just was like okay like I, I just all i yelled out in the car was not me dummy that's all i said that's all i could say because i all i see <laughs> is the gun and i'm like not me dummy and i back out of the window and then the other officer the other member goes why didn't you go i'm like dude I was in the window. If you'd have been there two seconds prior, you'd have seen me jump back because the gun came yeah. out. And uh, so anyway, um, uh, we got debriefed and got through that. And uh, I was like, okay, we got into a little bit of trouble, obviously, because mm -hmm. we're not supposed to be doing shit like that. At that time, we weren't supposed to be doing that. Uh, and we were just given so much leeway because we, we had been in so many different positive operations right that, right that turned out positively and um or we were a part of them and uh so we were getting a pretty good reputation as doing good job and paying attention and mm. you know doing all the kind of stuff you need to do to, to get recognized except it was the wrong kind of recognition because it didn't matter that it was good bad or indifferent the soldier said it's not your powers so yeah yeah um i i don't know exactly what it's like today for them for constables with transit but uh anyway we got ganked not too long after that out of plain clothes and it was being decided determined whether or not they'd ever allow plain clothes with transit ever again mm -hmm. because of what we did some of the stuff the operations yeah. that the soldier and found out about like found out about like me getting run over by a car when we were trying to do a buy bust at marlboro like like my foot got run over yeah, 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 and it, like my baton went through a window, like because my foot got run over, and it was like oh, a wow. fucking nightmare, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, um, there was a, a long line of things that were pointing to us getting ganked out of uniforms, and we got ganked out of uniform or back into uniform, and I just had no stomach for it anymore because yeah. I, I, after all that stuff, I wasn't about to write a train ticket. I'm like, yeah, yeah, dude, we just came. I almost got shot. I'm yeah, not yeah. writing you a ticket for no fare. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I just didn't care anymore. I was like, right. I don't care. I, I don't care about these tickets. I, I don't care about you. I got a taste of the juice, and I was like, I only want the juice, or I'm not here, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, then fucking things come along, and, and being sober, and I'm trying to live more honestly in my life, right? I'm trying to make more honest decisions and be more honest and not have secrets, and and so it came out that I got some support to reapply for the police, right? So. Yeah. Um, but because of sobriety, things were different. Like, so I got the support to reapply, but then I realized I'm going to have to tell the truth because right. I lied last time because yeah, yeah. everything I said was a lie. 
Now, they don't keep records of your disclosures, according to them. They destroy it. They destroy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. quotation marks. Um, but anyway, I, I didn't didn't matter because I was told they were all destroyed and I didn't have nothing to worry about. And I said, yeah, I do have something to worry about. And all of a sudden it occurred to me that my instructors on the course were both willing to give me a reference to apply for the police. Wow. And so I, yeah, they were both willing to, because I worked hard on that course. We, like we, yeah, yeah. we did, I did real, I worked really hard and I tried really hard and, um, and I had aptitude for it. Like there was obviously mm-hmm. an aptitude for it. Um, so, but anyway, I, I, I realized if I took their references, they'd basically be supporting my lies mm. and I won't do it. Mm. And so I went and told both of them and I said, look, I said, I, I really appreciate your, I told them separately, but I said, yeah, yeah. I appreciate your willingness to do this for me. And, and because of that, I have to be honest with you. I can't apply, um, knowing that I'd have to lie about my disclosure because of how I've been living. And um, I, I was like blown away by how supportive those guys were and to the fact that I can still talk to them today. Yeah, yeah. But the only reason I can talk to them today, I believe, is because I'm sober and I was being modeled this honest lifestyle, this principled lifestyle. Right? Yeah, yeah. Where people wouldn't just throw other people under the bus for no reason. Right. Right. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't think to take advantage of these people who were willing to go to bat for you right yeah yeah that no longer felt okay right um and that was neat it was neat to feel that way to be like i actually give a shit you know so that was like the first time you kind of felt like that Mm -hmm. like that you really like wow yeah wow the only time i yeah dude with with two guys i didn't really know right like i i would think about that stuff with dominic my brothers yeah but they they didn't have that's like family almost right it is it's like family right So, so a it, it totally different thing. These were two guys that I didn't feel like I owed anything to yeah. prior to that, but I would definitely owe them if they were willing to go to bat for me. Um, or I, I would have felt like that. Hence, I couldn't do it. Wow. Because I'm like, no, I, I owe these guys better than that. They yeah. were good to me. They taught me. They were like kind to me. Like when I asked the one instructor, like, I'm an alcoholic, man. I can't drink. And we were spending like pretty much seven out of 10 days in a bar. Right, like seven or six out of ten or eight days or whatever, we were going in out of bars. Wow! Right, so I had to figure out a way, and I and the only way I could do it was ask. Yeah, the guy was so fucking nice to me, man. He's just like, you know what, dude, you don't ever have to drink. People drink coffee in bars all the time. Oftentimes, those people are alcoholics. They're there with whoever, and I'm like, fuck, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Because they said, well, what would you drink if you went with your friends to a bar? I said, probably have a pop or a coffee. Mm-hmm. Right? And they're like, exactly. People do it all the time, man. We just, we get wrapped up in this lifestyle like anyone else does. So yeah. if we go to a bar and we're doing like bar buys, we're buying cocaine off the bartender. Yeah, some of us will get too drunk. <laughs> wow. Right? Because we don't think of that. So yeah, yeah. In, in actuality, it's actually better that you don't drink. Yeah. Because you're going to be sharp. Yeah, you have all your faculties, yeah, right? Totally, yeah, totally, right? And he was right. Like you're just able to you're able to focus more on conversations, like nuances sure. of people, like what are their hands doing because you're watching, right? Yeah, like yeah. um how are their feet positioned when they're sitting? Like are they are they in attack mode or are they in like retreat mode or what's going yeah. on, right? And um so anyway, they were so good to me I just couldn't, right? And yeah. so it was a no-brainer. And I'm I'm glad I'm glad I did. 
because I, yeah. I I value them. They're both like really really cool humans. Yeah, yeah and good cops. So, um, anyway, okay. So get back in uniform. I'm trying to live a fucking more principled lifestyle, and that and that was really I think another beginning of a new transition for me. Was like, mm. okay, I, if I'm going to get honest, I have to be honest, right? right? And I started to realize that I had to be honest. So in that first couple of years there, that first year and a half, two years of sobriety, I, I don't want to overstep this, but this is like almost a subject on its own. Um, but one of the girls that I had been sleeping with, one of the couple that I was sleeping with in probably my second year of sobriety. Yeah, it must have been my second year because I was with transit when this started no it would have been the end of my first year and then into my second year so um i met this girl and we started having this thing and uh it was all supposed to be just sex right like and, yeah. and that's that's all i was into back then I, I didn't like i tried not to lie to people but sometimes i'd get wrapped up in my bullshit and i'm not going to say i didn't because i'm sure i lied more than i remember right yeah. like and I was so accustomed to lying. I, I that's why I have to say that because I, yeah. I was like lying. second nature. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was second nature, man. And um, so anyway, uh, we 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 were together off and on. We would sleep together for over a year. I think it was, it was. I want to say it was like a year and a half into us. So yeah, it w- would have been in my second year by the time this happened. So I was in my second year of sobriety, and she got pregnant, hmm. and. She, we were not, we were not together. We were just off and on having sex, but she got yeah. pregnant and, and I was pretty sure it was probably mine. Like she said it was mine. So I had no reason not to believe her. Um, yeah, for except sure. for the fact that I'd already been told that I was having a kid and didn't have a fucking kid Yeah, yeah. and did all kinds of banana shit. To try but now to- it's how many years later, right? You're both yeah. adults, so to speak. Yeah. And, yeah. But I, by this time I'd already been through two more scares. Eh? Like I didn't, I wow. jumped over those and by yeah, scares, yeah. I wasn't really scared. Cause I was like, I'm having none of this fucking bullshit anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like I told the one woman that told me she was pregnant. I'm like, that's too fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I really hope it's not mine. Yeah. Right? yeah. Other, and then in, in those days, like I was so callous about it because of what happened in high school. For sure. Yeah. I was just like, you can get an abortion. I'll pay for it. I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm like, nah, I'm out. Like, yeah, yeah. I just wasn't going to be dicked around anyway. <clears> like, so closed off. Anyway, so second year of sobriety and, and and this girl tells me she's pregnant and I believe her. Like I, mm-hmm. I actually believed her and we went and then she took me to an appointment. So I was being shown by doctors like this is actually yeah, happening. Yeah. So, and and I believe her that she said it was mine and, and it pro- so it probably was, right? And I believe mm-hmm. that when, when um, if anyone out there is thinking that um, it should not be pro-choice, that we shouldn't be pro-choice for women, um, and that women should listen to men and our insecurities about this stuff. Mm. Um, I just going to say, no, they shouldn't like, mm. okay. Like I talked her into an abortion and, um, she didn't want to have an abortion and she got an abortion and I couldn't even, I didn't even have the decency to fucking show up. Wow. For, for it. I didn't have the decency to drive her. I didn't have the, de- I ghosted like once we decided it was going to be, um, we're going to have an abortion. I just ghosted. Wow. And um, I was sober when I did that, right? Like, and, and, and I know, like, in a perfect world, like, when, when I sobered up, everything would have started to get better. Like, I would have started to live better right away. And I probably could have done better than I was doing, for sure. Um, I, well, I know I could have done better than that. 
Um, but at the time, I didn't think I needed to be a better knot. Like I was pretty used to being like bottom of the barrel and feeling like a piece of shit, right? So uh, it just started to match like how I was mm. feeling, like the things I had been doing. And um, and then so about a year, year later, not quite a year later, because I was still with Transit. Uh, no, it was in that same year, man. This a lot happened in this this second year, which then eventually eventually led me to leave Transit. It wasn't because transit; it was because of me, right? But yeah. I just left because I couldn't handle it anymore. And uh, so, throughout that, the, later on in that year, when I'm working in plain clothes, uh, one of my exes approaches me and 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 says, has information about a case, right? Like a big case. And um, I uh, basically slept with her to get information on the case, mm. and then. Uh, because I, I felt like that's what I, that's what I needed to do. Like mm-hmm. that's how, in my mind, I said that's how dedicated I am. Wow. And, and like, like seriously, dude. Like I actually mm-hmm. convinced myself that I did that for the right reasons. And the only reason I slept with her was for that information. Wow. The only reason. Yeah. And she was fucking hurting. And and she, I mean, she was involved in all kinds of other stuff. None of my business, right? And so I, it doesn't justify the fact that I did what I did, right? And that's that's the point of it is whatever she was involved in, and it was obviously some unsavory shit, yeah. which is totally her right and her business. I just went another level of unsavory, right? Like I yeah. I took the good guys and made us bad guys, yeah. right? Like and 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 so um, that that was I think God. I was within two and a half years of sobering up and God, I get, I get thrown off by the time back then because there was just so much that happened. Yeah. Like I always think I worked for, I worked for transit for four years, but I only worked there for like two and a half. Mm. Like it was weird because that four years felt like a long time. Well, I mean it was like I had the abortion that I Mm. ghosted on like totally, you know, and, and she was just a love, she's just a lovely woman, man. Um, she didn't deserve that. Uh, nobody does, right? Like, uh, but anyway, like then there was this over the big case, and it's like your fucking head is shaved, Dave. Like, what are you doing, yeah. right? Like, I'm just behaving like a total fucking wingnut. So, lots of things happen, and then some. A couple of one of my friends on the job, and uh, a couple of other guys on the job. They uh, got involved in some shit. I won't get into details because it's not my story to tell, but they got involved in some stuff. And my friend came to me one day and told me what was happening. And, mm-hmm. and at that point in time, like this is coming towards the end of my time with transit. Like I'm, I'm already like one foot out the door because of right. all the bullshit that I've been doing to myself and that this conflict inside me and everything is going on again. Yeah. Um, and I'm sober, but I'm really fucked up. Yeah. And uh, I want to drink and I want to go back out. I want to mm. end feeling this way, right? Like, and so obviously my friend had no idea this is where I was at. And um, because I wasn't talking about it, <laughs> obviously. Yeah, yeah. But he told me what these guys were into. And, and I said, okay, look, I said, I'm sorry you're going through this. I really am. Yeah. I said, but if you keep telling me about this, I have to tell somebody. Yeah. yeah. Because you, you can't do this stuff. 
the guys are breaking the law, right? And and so I said, you can't fucking do it. So either you talk to them and you stop doing it or you simply stop talking to me about it. Yeah. I said, because that's okay if you do that, right? Yeah. Second time, talks mm. to me about it. And I'm like, what did I tell you last time? Yeah. And he goes, you can't do nothing, man. It's third party. I said, okay. I said, if you fucking think that's the way it's going to be, okay. I guess I can't do nothing about it. But I'm telling you, if you keep talking about this in front of me, I'm going to have to at least try to do something about it. Yeah. Because friend or not, now you're fucking with me and my, my sobriety and my freedom and all this stuff by making me some sort of a fucking accomplice in this, right? Yeah, yeah. And not to mention the fact that what they were doing was fucking awful shit mm. to fucking humans, mm. right? To humans who don't get treated well to begin with, right? I'm talking yeah. about people who are homeless. And so I had had enough. And finally I said, okay, you don't believe I'm going to do anything? That's fine. Yeah. I don't care what you believe. What you believe is irrelevant, right? Because what's happening is I'm doing it. And I did. I filed a report. I, I talked to PSS and, and went through the, the process. And um, I, could have, I could have stayed anonymous, but I said, no. Like, if it, if it goes to court or something, like, what's an anonymity going to do? Mm-hmm. Well, we can't go ahead with court if, if you're anonymous. And I said, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I said, look, I don't want to do this. I said, first of all, one of the guys is like my fucking close friend. Yeah. And it's breaking my heart to do it. Right. But I said, I don't have a choice. I asked him not to tell me. Mm. And then I told him not to tell me. And he still, he still fucking told me. And then not only did, they, did he tell me, but they were fucking laughing about it. Wow. When they told me. And I was fucking pissed. Mm. Like literally I got up when they were laughing about it and I left the fucking house that we were at and I went home. Wow. Right? And and so when they when my friend called me after it all fucking fell and came down on them and he called me and got mad at me, I just put the phone in my ear and I listened to him yelling. And I waited and I waited and I waited. <laughs> And he goes, you have nothing to say for yourself? And I was like, well, it was my turn. And he's like, yeah, whatever. Because he's so mad, right? Yeah. And I said, what did I fucking tell you I was going to do? That's all yeah. I said. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't believe. And I'm like, yeah, that was your fucking problem. That's not my fucking problem. You didn't believe me. You didn't believe me. That's on you. Yeah. Right? And thankfully, like, I mean, what that was a long time ago now, right? That was 12 years ago. Wow. Right. And, and so I, um, but part of what, what happened then, it, it just, it solidified in me that I needed to work towards being more honest mm. because what I felt about that was my, I was heartbroken that I had to tell my friend. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was heartbroken about it, man. And nobody else will ever know how that feels unless they've done it where they were like, for sure. I had no fucking choice. Right. Yeah. Um, and so the shitty thing about this is, it, well, a shitty thing I say is that it wasn't the last time I was going to have to do this to a friend, mm. right? And so then I leave transit and I go back to work at Infant Nicole, okay. right? And I get hired back. The one thing I tell my fucking boss at Infant Nicole is because what do you think is fresh on my mind? Yeah, yeah. Is friends fucking getting me to lie for them. So yeah. I'm like, I will do all kinds of work for you. I said to my boss, I'll work for you 24-7. You know I don't mind work. 
I'm always going to show up. I'm going to do that. I will not lie for you. Do not make me lie for you. Okay. What do you think happened? I'm guessing that he maybe had something that he wanted you to lie about. Yeah. And I couldn't fucking do it. Wow. Once I found out what was going on. Yeah. And, and I don't understand how they would have not thought that I would figure it out. Everybody fucking knew when I came back from transit, I was fucking different. I was fucking shady. I was mm. like, I am not saying a fucking word until I hear everything you have to say. Like, mm. I, I mean, it was so, it was trained at that point, right? Because I was yeah, coming yeah. out of this world where you just don't talk too much and you're fine, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, now I talk all the time. I don't care. Um, but uh, anyways, so time went by. I can't remember how long I was back there for um, before... I guess it was about a couple of years anyway that I worked back there until I figured out what was going on. I, I just, I can't, I don't want to be a part of it. Yeah. Right. So I, I don't, I'm not trying to direct anything. I just simply, pre I prepare the report. I give it to the board. And then the next thing you know, my boss is gone. Right. And they're like, Oh, thank you so much for your, Oh, I can't believe how hard this must have been for you. You guys mm -hmm. were so close. Right. And I'm like, yeah, we, we were really close, but I, don't feel bad anymore when I tell people, don't get me to lie for you because I'm not going to fucking do it. Yeah, right? yeah. And if they do put me in that position, well, that's on them. That's not on me anymore. Yeah. Right. And, and frankly, my boss was not as good a friend as this other guy was. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I just realized that um, the truth really does matter. Right? Absolutely. To a human's journey. Yeah. And I didn't know that before. Like well, especially really, when people are doing shady things. Like, yeah. It's not like they were asking you to like, you know, I don't know, make up some little tiny lie that doesn't affect anything. Is it? Like, yeah. But it, these are pretty big lies. They started to get like, pretty big. These are affecting other human beings. Yeah. And and so I don't know what they finally gave my boss, the reasons why they fired fired her, but it, or asked her to leave or whatever they did. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so, and the, so the board's like really fucking happy, right? They're like, oh, it's fucking good. Wow, I can't, oh, I can't believe you did yeah. that. They're fucking drooling and all this love up, love Dave up and shit. <laughs> um, so then they got to hire a new director, right? And I'm not interested at the time. Like, I don't want the job. It's yeah. too much. I wasn't wanting that kind of responsibility yeah, yeah. at that time. That's not why I did it. Like, people were kind of shocked. They thought maybe that's why I did it. And I'm like, you guys are fucked. Like, seriously? Who gets somebody <laughs> fired just to take their job? Yeah. I know people do that, but that's not this kind of fucking person. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, at least not in them anymore. I didn't want to be that person yeah, anymore. Yeah. I don't know if I would have done that at, at any point in time. I never did, so I don't think so. But anyway, time goes by and they got to hire a new director, right? And mm -hmm. I don't want the job. And I make it pretty fucking obvious I don't want it because I don't trust them. Something doesn't sit right with me, right? So we get this new director. Oh, <laughs> she used to be a manager of the fucking deli oh, wow. at a co-op. And they hired this chick to be the executive director of a homeless a homeless shelter that literally was growing beyond its fucking borders, right? Wow. So they hire a deli manager. Yeah, so can you seems, just take a guess how good she did? Yeah, that seems a little bit uh, weird. Well, yeah, she was awful, dude. Oh. Awful. Just an, well, and they an awful like set human, her up to too. Failure. Yeah, well, they yeah. did. But she was an awful human, too. Oh, wow. Because she pretended to understand. She pretended that she had been working in this field forever. And the wow. only people she could convince of that were people who didn't know. Yeah, yeah. Because she had no idea what was going on. Wow. And so anyway, right from the get-go, her and I didn't get along very well because I'd been working in the field for a long time. 
and I could smell a fucking imposter, right? Yeah. And and of course the all the people could smell the imposter as well, right? So anyway, uh, I, I didn't have any reason not to like her except for the fact that she was not intelligent in this arena, like, and she yeah. was so not intelligent she refused to learn, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I didn't have much time for her. I was too busy working anyway, so I just worked without talking to her, yeah, which yeah. was really interesting actually that you could do that. Yeah, um, didn't last very long. So anyway, once uh, we got this auditor, I, I, I called for an audit. I wanted us to be audited because I wanted to see where I was failing as a manager. I had no mm-hmm. problem looking at it realistically and saying, how can we change it, right? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know because I knew that the old director could not ex- approach that person for legitimate, objective criticism. You just couldn't. Mm-hmm. So there, you couldn't get that. So the yeah. only way was for me to like kind of sneakily get them to do an audit, <laughs> Right. So that we could see where we were failing. So we found out that we were, we owed our staff some money for overtime because mm. they worked like dogs mm-hmm. and we didn't know, like, I didn't know that we were supposed to give them certain things that escaped me when, when they were saying yes, because they wanted the extra money. Right. So, um, yeah. but when I found out, I said, okay, well now we're in a meeting with the managers and I said, okay, well, I'll go to my staff and let them know that. We, we might not be able to pay them, but we'll try to figure it out. Like maybe I can get them to get some free days off and shit like that, right? I'm like, yeah, we'll yeah. try to get creative with it. I, I didn't say I'm just going to tell them and then we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah. Although that's how I felt. I'm like, I don't care. We got to tell them. Yeah. Because the one thing I told them when I hired them, I will, I will always be honest with you. Yeah. I said, I'm not always going to be nice because I wasn't always nice. But I said, I will always be honest. And so now mm-hmm. they told me in the meeting, you will not tell your staff, this oh, new wow. manager. And I said, I beg to differ. <laughs> and they said, well, if you tell your staff, we're going to have a problem. Yeah, and yeah. I knew what that meant, right? I'd yeah. be fired. Yeah. And, and so I immediately went to my office and drafted the email and um, sent the email to all my staff, CC'd the managers, and, and wanted it all above board. I wasn't, when I left the meeting, it's not like I left the meeting saying, okay, I won't tell them. I yeah, left yeah. the meeting going, meh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I knew I was going to tell them. And then by later that day, I was fired, right? Yeah. Um, and and then the beginnings of a uh, a lawsuit. And it's funny because one of my staff sent me an email after I had done this. And, and the staff member was a total, like, I don't even know how to describe this guy. Um, interesting. Yeah. Driving the white panel van around town. Oh, yeah, okay. That guy really fucking creepy dude yeah yeah he wasn't that creepy he was a little bit <laughs> anyway sends me an email saying oh i didn't really i didn't take you for one of those falling on the sword types yeah um and and i said and i did, all i said back to him was um that poem rage against the dying of the light mm. right the dylan thomas poem yeah and and then he sent me a question a bunch of question marks as a response and then i didn't answer because i'm like if you don't get it from that you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because it's rage against the dying of the light. Man. Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're going out, yeah. fuck you. Like, I'm not going to go out lying. Yeah. Right? Like, because that doesn't make any sense. So, I, I went out. I got fired. And I was going to sue. And the lawyer I talked to said we had a case. But mm. he also was kind enough to explain to me that if we went forward, I'd have to be destructive of this agency mm. that I loved. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, I didn't. I... I 
dropped the suit and took their, oh God, it was insulting what they paid me, man. Needless to say, I left there with a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Um, yeah. At first, right? Because I mean, I was like 2010. 2010? Um, yeah. And really, once I was gone, I, I, I figured, well, it happens for a reason. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah. So I started to realize that lying had been a huge problem for me mm. in so many different ways that these were, what I called them was like the three, They ha- someone said they happened in threes, right? So it was right. my buddy when I was with Transit and then it was the boss who stole and then it was the board. The board was yeah, the final yeah. ones that were like, well, you can't tell them. Well, I already did. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? And right. really... I knew the staff well enough to know that had I just told them we had a meeting about it, they'd be okay. They'd be like, well, we can't, we obviously know you don't have the money to pay us. So we'll figure something out. They were all good workers. Good. Yeah. Let's be fair about them. Right. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do was be fair and be honest and have it on the board and say, look, I don't know what we can do about it, but this is what we did. And I don't want to continue to do it. So Mm. I can't have you working 95 hours this week as much as you want to because you're a student who's off for the week and you want to get as many hours as you can. Right. Right. Well, up until that point, up until the audit, I was letting them. For sure. Because they wanted to and they were willing to work and and it's hard to find good help when you're running a shelter. So anyway, yeah, I took, I took my papers and I said, okay, I was going to sue. And like I said, I, I dropped the, dropped the suit. Yeah. Um, and it was because of love. I dropped it. It wasn't because I was afraid. It was because mm. of love. Like I love that place. And yeah. um, I didn't want all the work that my predecessor, John had done and what I had done and then what Teresa had done after me and then what the other boss had done. And because that they did do good things, right? For like, sure. Really yeah. Good things until yeah. they weren't good. And, and that's usually yeah. what it's like for humans, right? We try to do good things and then sometimes we fuck up, right? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't throwing, casting a judgment. I was simply saying this can't be tolerated here like that's just all that's all well you're trying to be honest trying right right? and and even though like i had stolen most of my life um i had stopped right like the Mm -hmm. the honesty stuff in this program had just started to or of this new way of life for me had started to eat its way into my daily daily life obviously after i had sex with this person for information okay (laughs) obviously that's unsavory um but anyway i uh i i kept i kept moving i just i said okay like i don't know what i'm gonna do but i took some time off and then that year i published my books and Hmm. so i got some money from that and then i got to go and and talk to a class at the university that used my book and studying deviancy and stuff like that which was kind of interesting because i didn't put two and two together until i was in the class and i'm like sociology of deviancy i'm a fucking deviant <laughs> and then i realized i was kind of a deviant and uh yeah that was the first that was the first honest encounter with the deviant that was dave and i wow. was like oh well hello there deviant <laughs> no wonder you feel so messed up half the time right um anyway i went through 2010 and found out that i was an awful marshal on the golf course I took a job out in Kananaskis Golf Course because mm. I wanted just an easy job because I had some money from the books and I was yeah, like, yeah. trying to chill and just have an easy job. Dude, 
Anybody who thinks they can just go do another job that looks easy because you're not doing it and because you're watching the person on the golf cart and you think, oh, how fucking hard can that be? Yeah, yeah. You don't realize to be a good marshal, it's pretty hard. Yeah. To be a shitty marshal like me, it was pretty easy. <laughs> but then you get fired. And so, <laughs> and so I didn't get fired because the boss really liked me. And yeah. he liked the way that I never lied. Like yeah, yeah. When, it, when he'd say, hey, we got a... Customers said that they saw you like smoking in the woods. And I'm like, yeah, I was totally smoking in the woods. Hmm. Well, you're not supposed to smoke while you're working. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, it was me in the woods. <laughs> like, because I had started to turn that corner, right? And I was, yeah, I, yeah. I was starting to feel like, hey, who gives a shit? What are you going to do? Right? Like, yeah. you're going to fire me, you're going to fire me. Um, once you get fired in sobriety, it's really simple to get fired again mm. because you realize you just get another job. Yeah. It's not the end of the world, right? Yeah. Um, unless you do something dramatically stupid, you might not get hired by anyone else. Um, so anyway, I, anyway, I I just was no good at it. That's the mm-hmm. reality. I didn't want to tell people anymore what to do. Yeah. And I just had an awful time with it. Even just being like, "Hey, can you guys hurry up?" Like I didn't want to say that anymore. I had all the piss taken out of me when it came to telling people what to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like going on the train, working on the trains and stuff like that. Like I I just didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And it wasn't in me and it's still not in me. I haven't come back. Like it um You don't want to be that authority. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. I don't feel authoritarian, so I don't want yeah. to pretend. Yeah, right? yeah. Like because I'm not really authoritarian. Yeah. At the at the end of the day, I'd much rather be just left alone, right? Like right. than have to tell yeah. anybody anything. And uh I mean that's who I am today. So uh, I went to work at one of the treatment centers here in town. Uh, and I went to work there after though. I went to work for um, another agency briefly as a contractor. Uh, it, I just, it was a terrible fit. So I just quit. Um, and I, well, yeah, I, I think I quit. I don't know if I quit. I'm pretty sure I quit. I don't think I got fired. Um, well, I didn't get my contract renewed. That's what happened. Mm. So anyway, and, and it was good. It was a good decision. I think it was because it's the boss and I actually talked about it and I'm like, mm, I'm not really digging this. Like, yeah, this yeah. is pretty lame. Um, and anyway, and I didn't tell him that was lame because <laughs> it wasn't. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people that would love to do that. It was just not yep. for me. Yep. It was sitting behind a desk in an office basically for eight hours a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. And, and like dealing with like uh, issues that could have easily be dealt with had there been different guidelines in place, yeah, yeah. which they weren't willing to do. So yeah. I was like, mm, whatever. So anyway, then I went to work for treatment center. And I grinded it out. I loved the work at the treatment center because I loved working with the guys. The guys were, that was all it was about was, for me, all it was about was getting to work, helping these guys like get sober, stay sober, whatever they can do, like helping these guys get better, right? Like that was, and I really loved it. For the first time in a while, I loved what I was doing again. Like just being able to work with guys. Yeah, oh, it's awesome, man. And then the downtime hits, which is like, Every office job I've ever fucking had, it, it, the downside of it is they don't let you leave the office. Mm. Like if you can only leave the office on your breaks, right? You can only go for a workout on your breaks. You can only go for a walk on your break and that's your break. You don't get another one, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, as a professional in this field, I come, I've come to recognize now over the last nine years since I've been able to do it alone, on my own, like with support, mm-hmm. but like, my own boss kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's 
it's going to be different now if I ever like have staff again, like mm. if I get a bunch, if I get staff and we keep growing, um, it's going to be way different because yeah. it's not, I don't think it's healthy to keep somebody in an office all day. I just no. don't think it's healthy. Well, and I think generally we're kind of starting to mm-hmm. blur the lines of what's like, there's a lot of places that have like modified work schedules and yep. you know, shit like that. So I think technology and everything's kind of bringing that around anyway. Seriously, yeah. I'd rather pay somebody. Um, I mean, not today because I don't have money to pay anybody, or I would. Yeah, but yeah. I'd rather pay somebody twice as much and have them work half as much. Yeah. And the reason I do that is because you're going to get better work. Yeah, yeah. You're going to get all their work. Yeah. So if you have a four-hour shift, right, instead of eight hours, like where you have to sit behind the fucking computer and just stare at the stupid screen, right? Yeah. Or, or worse yet, you're stuck in a bullpen with two other people, two other counselors yeah, in yeah. the treatment center. Um, and don't get me wrong, they were fine people, the counselors, but it was like, that's not conducive to like people feeling like they're okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. When Absolutely. you're always feeling like you're being watched. For sure. Right. Yeah. And it, it's like, you're not being watched in a, in a big brother sort of way, but you're being watched in like a same age brother who reports to your big brother. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the, you know, there's one of them that's definitely doing that. Right? Oh, for sure. And yeah. And it's not you, at least you think it's not you. You hope it's not you, right? Yeah. And in my case, it wasn't me. Um, but you always know there's something else going on, mm-hmm. right? Well, at least I did in that in that environment. It's probably different when you have different people in that environment, right? Um, but I, I couldn't get my head around the downtime. I was like, this is just mm-hmm. fucking stupid. This is a waste of time. Yeah, where you're just sitting there and you have nothing to do. Dude, ser- literally sitting there staring at I would I would come up with these YouTube music playlist so i could listen to music at least like and and then i would just i I would get so fucking bored man that if you got employees that are having time to get bored they have time to go for a workout they have time to go for a walk i I heard a long time ago somebody said something that was uh um they were working a job and and the person was like you're gonna be here from this time to this time and he said like what do you pay me for Mm mm-hmm well, we pay you to do this job. He's like, okay, so then what does the time matter? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not paying me per hour. Per hour yeah. So you're not paying me to be here from eight till five. Mm-hmm. You're paying me to do a job. So you're paying me for results. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's always stuck in my brain. Like, mm-hmm. And I've, I've said this to the last two jobs where like a lot of mm-hmm. things like time and things mm-hmm. like that, if you don't hassle me, I guarantee the job's getting done. Yep. And that's what you're paying for. You're not paying for yeah. me to sit in a, at a desk. Yeah. You're paying me to do a job yeah. and get results. Yeah. And I think that's a much healthier approach to any of that. To, I agree. To work. Yeah. Any work. I agree. Yeah. The best, the best places I've ever worked were, were places where you could have breaks. Right. Yeah. And the cool thing about that treatment center was like when I asked for time, yeah. I would get time. But right. the, the trouble is, is when you ask for time, somebody's keeping track. Oh, for sure they are, yeah. And so when you have to ask for it, that to me is like, okay, I want to be able to assume it, okay? That if I'm done my work, I get to go. Yeah. Right? I get to go maybe for an hour. Maybe I come back and see if there's more work. Whatever the case may be, depending on the environment, right? For sure. But at least if the work is done, then you should be able to go. Yeah, like then what are you sitting there for? There is no fucking point. <laughs> yeah, because all that does then is generally makes people more lazy and more and more lazy and more and more lazy to the point where now the work's not even getting done. 
Well, dude, you're half. But you don't even care. Yeah, (laughs) because you're half assing it. Yeah, and you're so you get just so robotic about it. It's like totally whatever. So I I worked through that. That just like that beat the piss out of me. The last the last year before I went out on my own, and I went out on my own in 2011. So eight eight years. Um, Wow. Yeah, but I went I went out because I, I I went from the treatment center to a woman's shelter where I was the first male counselor there. Mm-hmm. And I worked there for, um, I think it was, well, I only worked there for like four weeks because yeah. I was there for six, but two of those weeks I was on vacation. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, you told me about that one time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When they hired me, I, I told them I had the vacation coming, right? But I had no idea that when I came back from vacation, I was going to end up in fucking cubicles, right? Yeah, yeah. So I ended up in cubicles. I think I told this story when I was talking about Freedom's Path last yes. year. Yes, yeah. Um, so I won't get into the details about it, but suffice to say, I was not working in a fucking cubicle. You're not a cubicle guy. No, that was the end of my pretending I could work peacefully with other people. Yes. <laughs> and by other people, I just mean four other people. Yeah. In that sense of you will be here from eight to five and you will sit in your cubicle. Well, that control, like you have no control then. That's so all it is. Yeah. And it, and even the even the lack of control would be okay if there was reason. If it was yeah, reasonable, it was if it was logical, I'm always good for that, man. Yeah. I'm always cool with logic. If you say, we want you here for these specific reasons, yeah. I'm in. Okay, you give me reasons, I buy into it because it's legit. It's my job. You're my boss. I'm going to do it. For sure. Right? Um, so anyway, I couldn't fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> so I quit. I went into my boss and she was really pissed. And I don't blame her for being pissed. Um, but it was within that 90-day period yeah. where everybody has a right to change their mind. Right, for sure, and you don't have to give notice, yeah. and so that's not just for the employers, like, and no, no, absolutely. I know that usually the the, mm-hmm. the staff as an employee, you don't want to do that because you technically need the job, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but at that point in time in my sobriety, I was willing to just like have nothing. I, I yeah. said, I'll just have nothing. Then. I yeah, want yeah. nothing because I I was tired of beating my head up against the wall. Right? For sure, and, and uh, I know lots of people who go out on their own probably have similar stories, right? Like they were tired of just like, oh, beating their head up against that old wall of trying to do it someone else's way. And and, and not that their ways were wrong or anything like that. It's just not the way I wanted to do it. Plain and simple. I just didn't want to do it that way. And uh, so uh, anyway, the last few years have been pretty incredible in terms of just growth, right? Like the, Mm. and it wasn't like I, I didn't fail again. So I was with, the last girl I was with off and on, the last two girls I was with off and on, because they were at the same time, um, were, um, were probably two of the nicer humans I've ever been with. Yeah. And I say two of them because I've been with a lot of nice humans. I, I just, there was a part of me that when I was thinking about ta- telling my story, I was just going to do like a long apology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad that it, my brain opted out of that. Cause that would have been silly. Um, but I did like, I, I, you know, as we talk about things nowadays, Hey, like we talk about, um, how sometimes people's past comes back to haunt them and all that kind of shit. What time yeah. is that? Three forty-two. No. <laughs> Three forty-two. Yeah, totally. Holy fuck, Darcy. <laughs> um, geez. I said under three hours, didn't I? You said that. Yeah, man. I'm full of shit. Look, I lied. Um, I didn't mean to lie. So anyway, I'm going to go through this now. Like, I don't want to go too fast because, but we're almost at the end anyway. 
So I, I went out on my own. Um, what happened as I was going out on my own, um, this may be, for some people, they may be, they may wonder about this. Um, and I, I'm going to talk about it because I don't talk about it anywhere else because it's not appropriate anywhere else. But when I was going out on my own, um, one of my old friends and his partner broke up. And so they were broken up. And his old ex-partner, she, her and I bumped into each other at a meeting. And we ended up getting together. And so in the first week that we were together, nothing, nothing really happened. We, we, start, we weren't sure what was going to happen, mm -hmm. right? And so, but everyone I'm talking to about it, my sponsor included, all that stuff, I'm talking to people. And they're like, you don't have to tell anybody anything. They're not together, like, you know what I mean? They're yeah. broken up and, and all that. And I'm like, hmm, I don't like that. I'm going to tell people, right? So, yeah. uh, so a week in when I realized that we're going to be together, like this, we're, we're yeah. now, we're going to at least see what happens. For we sure. weren't like getting married or nothing like that. We were just going to see what happens. Yeah. That's at least a couple of months away, right? Yeah, that was a couple <laughs> months away. You've obviously been paying attention. Um, so... <laughs> So we were, we weren't getting married, nothing even. And she was like, not sure I should tell him. Right. Yeah. But I wanted to tell him like, and yeah, yeah. cause he's my friend. And so I told him, I pulled him aside um, and I'm talking to him and I tell him what's going on. And he just gets mad and fucking leaves. Right. Hmm. Which is fair. I'm like, I would have appreciated if you punched me in the face. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah. I was expecting a punch in the face. And, uh, but he left, he got really mad. He left. He couldn't talk to me. And instead of fucking getting mad at me, he went over to her house and started banging on her door to make her call the cops. Wow. Goes over there to scare her instead of me, right? So, wow. and, and of course, at the time, I'm like, well, I don't understand why he wouldn't just get mad at me. Like, yeah, yeah. I was there. I wanted him to be able to tell me and to, to tell yeah. me what, was going, what he wanted to do, if he wanted to fight me or whatever. I wouldn't yeah. have fought him. I just would have let him hit me. I mean, fuck. I get it. Yeah, I yeah. can see if you're upset, right? But... Everybody else is telling me, you don't have to tell him. Yeah, yeah. And I told him. And he didn't quite grasp that. Eh? Like, he yeah. wasn't quite clicking in. And he, and so anyway, he started spreading a bunch of rumors about me. Um, and telling people that I was sleeping with her before they broke up. Which mm -hmm. isn't true, right? Um, and I mean, her and I both know that fucking shit isn't true. And so anyway, it doesn't matter. The truth of the matter is somebody asked me, well, did you do it just to fuck her? just to be with her. And I said, no, like we actually thought we were going to be together. Like we, yeah. we started to like even start thinking that we'd fallen in love with each other. Right. That before we were friends, yeah. because we were, we had, there'd never been anything like nothing yeah. inappropriate. Like not even, you couldn't even construe it as inappropriate. And maybe yeah. we did that on purpose. So we didn't get yeah. caught up or who knows what we did. Yeah. Right. Like subconsciously we were just not, or, or consciously, we were not involved in anything besides friendship. Yeah. I mean, shit, man. I'd go over there like sweating and, and he would help me with sobriety stuff. And like, I, I valued them, right? Mm -hmm. I valued them very much. Um, and I think some people thought that I didn't value them mm -hmm. by doing that. But the reality is, is that neither her nor I planned anything. Yeah, yeah. We, it simply happened. It wasn't malicious. It was just. It, it was wasn't just, malicious at yeah. all, man. And, and I get it. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to convince anyone that you should like take my side because there's obviously people who think that's screwing over somebody. Yeah. But the reality is I have, I have friends who have said, Dave, like, I, I think I went out on a date with somebody you used to sleep with. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry. 
And yeah. I'm like, obviously kidding because I obviously felt like I probably damaged them. So I'm sorry you had to deal with that, yeah, yeah. whatever happened. But like, I, I never got mad. Yeah. Like, I, I, I couldn't possibly get mad. And the reason is because, first of all, they were never my possession. Mm. I never owned anyone. I never had like the rights to somebody. Yeah, like, yeah for sure. And it all that always threw me off with guys, right? Yeah. Like guys predominantly, you know, get me wrong. I know girls get jealous too, but guys tend to think possession more so, for right? Sure. Like historically speaking, I am not speaking for all men. There's lots of men like myself who not once thought of a woman as possession, right? I, we may have thought of them as being possessed, but not a yeah. possession. Um, but anyway, so where was I going with that? I don't know. Just, he got mad and he, oh yeah, he got mad and he left and he went and he like raised a bunch of shit with her and like scared the bejesus cops out of her. And... I think the cops were called, but now I don't, rem- I don't know for sure. Cause I yeah. wasn't there. I was at, yeah, yeah. I was at church and, um, but I wasn't worried about it cause he left and I'm like, well, whatever. <laughs> The fuck am I gonna yeah, do? Yeah, you don't know if he's just going home to stew over. Dude, or, or whatever, maybe he's right? going to get his gun, he's gonna come back, and he's gonna take yeah. me out. That's fine. I even told him as he was leaving, I'm like, I'll be here, man. I'll be here. Right? Yeah, yeah. Trying to let him know I'll be here. I'm not gonna turn my back on you. But anyway, he, he it was okay. He had to make his decisions and do what he had to do after that. Um, but I learned a, a great deal about myself in that is that I wasn't willing to like lie anymore. Like mm-hmm. I really didn't want to lie to get ahead. I didn't yeah, want to yeah. lie to get laid. I didn't want to lie. And I wasn't about to lie to someone I called a friend. Yeah. yeah. Right? I wasn't going to do it. I wasn't going to be able. Yeah. And I knew it. I couldn't fucking look at him. Right? Like wow. it was the first time I'd seen him since this happened. So I, I wasn't going to look at him until. And then so when I saw him, I'm like, okay, fuck, I got to talk to him. Yeah. Because yeah. I knew it. I just couldn't do it. Right. Like, yeah. And um, even though everybody was saying you don't owe him nothing. Um, I felt like I did. So anyway, I did, but then time went by and I just started to do more and more work, uh, on myself. Like I started to mm. do more digging because I, I, I thought like, I felt like in that period of time I had maybe turned a corner, but then I realized I hadn't, like I realized the corner was turned a bit for a minute, but then I turned right back. So like when go with I, what you know, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, when her and I didn't work out and I started to feel like same old feelings. I just went right back to a couple of girls that I had been with often. Yeah. Right. And, and, and that was good because it was comfortable for all of us involved. Like even the, the two girls that I was back and forth with because we knew each other and that's always mm-hmm. a little bit more comfortable. Right. For sure. Yeah. I say there was two, but there was a couple more, um, off and on throughout yeah. the thing. Uh, anyways, but then I met like one of the people who would really change my life. Another person who would really change my life. And, and her name was Tara. And I met her after, um, after Selena and I ended. Mm. Um, I can say Selena's name. We're still friends, and, mm. and I, I think the world of her. Um, but anyways, uh, so when I met Tara, uh, thing Tara was just this loving. Um, I don't know how to describe her, man. I almost said like a, like a little. She reminds me of like a little cherub. Like when I saw her the last mm. time I saw her, like. Uh, but when I first met her, she was, she has just finished, uh, she was a nurse mm-hmm. and, um, she was just coming out of one of the treatment centers here in town and, and she came to the, to my home group all the time. And so we just started talking and joking around and, and I just, yeah. I thought she was awesome because I, I, I mean, 
I don't know if it's like a DNA thing or something like that. Like maybe they'll figure this out, but like my mom's a nurse, my grandma mm. was a nurse, like, and, and so there's always these kinds of connections, right. That yeah. happen. And, and I guess I just seem to get along well with the nurse. And so anyway, I, I met her and time went on, we got to close to each other. And, and then I, I, I realized I liked her and she yeah. liked me and like in that way. Right. And so we kind of wanted to date and, but she didn't have a whole lot of time yeah. in and I, I felt really bad. So because she didn't have a lot of time and I was supposed to be looking out for people with little time. Right. Yeah. Well, I, so we, we, we kind of went out on a date. We went out on a date once and I mean, it was heartbreaking because I, I recognized on this date that it was too much for her. Right. Mm. Like it was just too much. Yeah. And because she had started drinking again, I don't. Mm. She didn't start drinking because of me. I'm not taking responsibility for that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that she had started drinking, and what I know about drinking as an alcoholic, especially when you're sober, is that usually it's in a compounded stress of some kind that leads yeah. to the relapse, right? Yeah, yeah. Compounded stress or trauma, whatever it is. Yeah, you don't just get off work one day and decide. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's usually this. A, a, something's happening. Right? Yeah. So, um, and she had a lot of stuff she needed to work on, like like the rest of us. Um, but yeah, and and so it broke my heart because we were on a date and she was drinking, mm. right? Like she would sneak into the bathroom and drink and then come back out. And um, and I just I loved her so much I didn't want to like as a human like I didn't want to believe it. So I it kept going on that night. And then finally I was like fuck because we we kissed yeah. and then I could tell for sure. And I yeah. and so we sat down and we talked and um, and I just said look I said uh, we talked for a long time that night and then I drove her home and um, she was just so grateful. I didn't like just pull the pin on the yeah. friendship, but I, and I, and I said, why would I do that? And she said, because I'm drinking. And I said, I don't do that to people because they're drinking. Yeah. I said, I said, that's not why I would do this. Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I am unable to romantically be with you because I can see that I wouldn't be helping you. I am still your friend. Yeah. But romantically, I can't be with you. And, yeah. the, and the reason is, is because I can't, I, at that time, the reason was, is because I didn't want to risk it. Right. Yeah. Because it was still, I liked her enough that I might've drank. Right. And yeah. one of the things I told myself was I was not going to drink because of someone else. So I couldn't. So yeah. it was like this weird governor in my brain. Eh? That was like, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. And, uh, so we talked about it and she was like really good about it cause she was mature. She was a mature human. And, um, but you know, after she, after that, she was here for a couple months and then she moved back to the Island where she was from and, uh, or where she, uh, Edmonton and, and the Island was kind of her home, mm. uh, Edmonton area and then and Victoria. So anyway, she moved back to the Island and, um, so I got to see her out there. And every year I go see her, um, she's a little bit like having a hard time, right? Like the alcohol was yeah. there and, and she couldn't get, she couldn't stay sober anymore. And, um, and so when it, what happens sometimes to alcoholics is when we hit that chronic stage, it starts to become like, um, not only necessary, but it's necessary at the same time that it's killing you. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, if you don't get it, you're going to possibly die. But if yeah. you get it, you're going to possibly die. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're at that. It's a weird it's a weird thing that happens. And I, I don't know mm. the, all the medical stuff behind it, obviously. Um, but I can only, again, tell you by watching my friend 
slowly die from it, right? And when she wow. finally did succumb to alcoholism, I think it was something like half a glass. That, wow. That caused her to like pass out and hit her head. And wow. um, yeah, and so um, I, the one one thing about about her is uh, that this, and I think all of the things previous leading up to meeting her prepared me to be a real friend for somebody right wow. to be a real friend and that's that's yeah. kind of where i wanted this whole thing to get to i yeah. wanted to get here closer than three and a half or three hours and 45 minutes but we're here um because i think that's really what all that work does that we yeah. ask of ourselves when we're in a program of recovery or sobriety whatever you want to call it um, i think what it can do now that i've seen it do is it just prepares us for life. It prepares mm-hmm. us to have real friendships, to have real relationships, to to really commit to other humans, right? Like yeah. and I'd never really committed to humans before before sobering up and growing in my sobriety to where yeah. I could commit to a human. Yeah. And, and she was a human I committed to, um not in the classical sense of like a romantic sense. Not the way you normally can yeah. would have committed, yeah, but but I I was committed to her and she yeah. knew it. Because she knew it that I always answered the phone and yeah. I would never yell at her. Like I was, I would get heated with her when we'd have conversations, but friends do that, right? But for I sure, never, yeah. I, I, I didn't belittle her. I didn't condemn her for not being able to stay sober, like, yeah. or for drinking. Um, frankly, and, and when I went before she passed, like a week before she passed, I was on the island and I, I was out in Nanaimo and she was in Victoria. And I remember. They had plans for me to come visit her. And mm-hmm. I was driving from Nanaimo to Victoria and I got we got I got stuck in traffic. And like uh, construction. It was mm. the summer, obviously. There's construction all across this fucking country in the summertime. Yeah. It's everywhere and it's fucking slow and it's aggravating. But it actually like slowed me down to where I actually had time to think, right? And mm. so I was thinking about my friend and and I was like dreading seeing her, right? Like I was dreading mm. it. Because something in me knew something was not the same anymore, yeah. right? Because it was a different feeling I had on the phone with her, and and then driving to meet her, I I just kept getting this really like bad feeling. But I I wasn't about to turn around and not go see her, because um, part of my brain actually said something in my brain said, um, "What if this is the last chance you get?" Yeah. So I was like, "Okay, I'm going." And so all my bullshit aside, I just kept driving. Ended up getting to Victoria, and, and when I picked her up, I, I, I knew that I was right. Like it, this is probably the last time I'm going to see her. Yeah, um, her face had changed. Oh, how she looked had changed dramatically because yeah. of alcohol. Um, and I know that might be hard for some people to believe, uh, uh, but she just um, everything was changing. Everything mm. had become different. Um, yeah, yeah. And and you could see it. She couldn't eat. We went. I took wow. her for supper, and she just couldn't eat. All she could do was drink. Um, uh, and well, I mean, that's sorry to hear that. That's yeah, that's terrible. That that's hard to watch somebody go through. Dude, that. it was so hard, man. I only, I only, we only spent a couple hours together that night because she couldn't spend any more time. She, she was getting sick and she needed to drink. Yeah. So, and she didn't want to drink around me. So it was. But as we were driving, as I was driving her home, I'll never forget this. And she's so, she's just such an angel. Hey, like. She was so compassionate, even though she was so sick. Like she would mm. always be loving to other people, especially people who were hurting, like she was, or yeah. worse than her. Yeah. Like it was, 
she taught me so much about how to love people. Mm. Like, um, even though we're sick, you can still love people. Yeah. Right. And, and she was proof and par- parcel and proof of that. Like, wow. no, no matter how sick she got, she was still saying loving things about people. I'd pit there, I'd sit there and be pissy. And, yeah. And she yeah. Just, and she'd be like, yeah, but they're hurting. Dave. Yeah. They're having a hard time with something. Wow. I'd be like, fuck you. You're so smart. This is an <laughs> endless well of compassion. Yeah. Right? Dude, but she was, man. Yeah. And even that night, she was still like a well of compassion for other humans. And she was downplaying her own situation. And um, anyway, I was just about to drop her off. And and she's, and I can't remember how it came up, but she said, uh, I, I really want you to know something, Dave. I really want you to know how much it means that you love me, even though I can't get sober. And and, mm-hmm. and I just started crying, right? I'm like, um was there an alternative? Like I didn't realize there was an alternative, you know, yeah. I didn't realize that you could just turn love off yeah. when someone who is sick just keeps getting sicker. Right. You know, I, yeah. I and, and we had already had conversations about the fact that I wasn't going to hang out with her while she drank and watch her fucking die. Yeah. We, we, we knew that wasn't going to happen. Um, and so that's why she wanted to be alone that night. Right. Was so that she didn't have to do it in front of me. And, Wow. Um, as I drove back to Nanaimo that night, I just remember feeling like I probably wasn't in theater yet. Yeah. Right. And, and it was a week later, like a wow. week, not even a, not maybe just a full week later when I got the call from a mutual friend of ours and, and he told me that she passed. Wow. And, uh, that shit changed my world, man. Like yeah. it changed my world. Uh, and I'd lost some friends up at that point, but not close friends like this, like, like her yeah. and, not someone who I had allowed in, you know, like, mm-hmm. like get really deep inside me and and become a part of my life. And um, and even though we weren't romantically connected in that way, we were just always connected, right? Like For I sure. think she was like a she was like a soul sister to me. And um, part of it was because she t- she taught me that I had a soul still, and that that it was okay that even though. I was, I had done lots of shit that I was ashamed of and all that stuff. And she never once made me feel ashamed of any of that stuff. Eh? Like she just wow. always, she was always there with love. Like yeah. Literally, she was like a motherfucking Teresa. Right? Wow. And I'm not saying that she couldn't get riled up because she could get fucking riled well, up. Well, yeah, we all can. We but... all can. But she was, she always reminded me of Mother Teresa because no matter how sick she got, she was still kind. Yeah. Right. And, and she still recognized that other people had it worse. Like, I mean, she's dying of alcoholism and she still realizes that there's lots of people with it worse, wow. right? She's the kind of person that would have gave up her bed at a shelter when she went there for someone else who she thought was sicker, wow. right? Like, yeah. um, and she'd sleep on the floor. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of human she was. And um, and so anyway, I, I just, she was very important, right? Because um, when, when she passed away, I knew that I, I, everything I felt about her was real because as soon as I found out when the service was, I was in my car driving out to Uriah. Mm. And so I knew that it was real, right? And that's also how I knew that Heather was real. Mm. Oh, yeah? Because she said, "Would you? did you want me to come with you? Nice. And, and I said, and I actually was really grateful she offered. Instead of, you know, yeah. the, oh, okay. It was like, really? Oh, my yeah, God, yeah. that would be so fucking helpful. Yeah. Right? Like, it yeah, was... Yeah. It would be so nice of you. And we were just, we had only been, we hadn't even been together for a year at that point. Yeah. Um, that was in our first year together. And and that really, really proved a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Like for me, that she was not just, hmm. that had, there was a lot to Heather too. Yeah. You know, and I knew that already, but like 
I was just still yeah. You still see those things. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was like a big deal to me. Right on. You know, and and so she drove out with me all day. You know, one 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 road there, one road back. Oh yeah. Like yeah. You know what it's like, man. And anyone out there who knows what that drive from Calgary to Vancouver is like, and then to get on the ferry, like, and also this is when Heather found out that I like to get up fucking obscenely early to drive <laughs> yeah she's like what time are we getting up for <laughs> fuck <laughs> but at least you arrive at a reasonable time but that's just it and we don't get caught in all that traffic right yeah yeah anyway so that was a a big turning another big turning point for me was first of all meeting tara but then when she passed yeah um and that was a couple of years later um so at this point i am uh when when Tara passes, and I, I'm I'm out now. I'm 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 out. I had yeah. the couple of years before when I met Tara, I was coming out again. Basically, I was in the process of like coming out as bisexual because now I knew I knew what I was, or I knew what I felt I was. Yeah. Right, and um, the the reality of of for me of keeping that in is what made my pain so much more, right? Mm. So to want to kill yourself at 10 years sober because you're still locked up as a bisexual man because you put yourself in your own prison again, right? Nobody else forced you into it. I did, right? And um, so I had to like, I had to push the doors open again. And so I gradually started doing that. And I used like my broken back as an opportunity because like, when you have a cane, people give you a little bit of a break. And it was, oh, yeah, yeah. And so it was interesting because like people who had gotten to know me and like my friends now, and, and of course Dom already, already knew. Um, but like I was starting to be more widely open yes, about yeah. it. And I wasn't sugarcoating it anymore. And I wasn't, but I still was a little bit back, right? Like yeah, yeah. not to where I am now. Where now we do a video on Pride Day, and I'm like, oh, as an openly bisexual man, because I'm so fucking happy, right, that I can be open and I can be bisexual and open. It doesn't freaking matter. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, um, those things started to slip. Uh, I, so I broke my back in 2013. Yeah. Um, so that's six years ago, and then I've since then I've had three surgeries on my back, and um, in that time frame, the during the those surgeries i i was getting i don't know if anyone out there has been put under for 10 hours or more but or any amount of time when you've been put under things change when you come back right you come back and and i'm not going to speak for everybody else but for me when i came back after the first surgery i was automatically different right i knew now that it was okay to die because there's nothing there's nothing after right i knew it and and by nothing i don't mean it in a bad way i mean it like it's okay. There's nothing like yeah, there's yeah. nothing's going to happen. Everything's fine. Right. And, um, I knew that. So things changed. Then time went on and I gradually came out, but I, I was still dicking around. Um, I was dicking around with this, with this woman who I've been, she's a call. She's a social worker. Um, she's an awesome fucking human. Um, she's married now, so I'm not going to say her name, mm-hmm. but she's married and I'm so happy for her. They just got married this summer. Um, and, and it just, it's just a nice feeling to know that as time went on, I did get more honest, mm-hmm. right? Because I, even with her, when we would go on again, off again, like every time she, my, you always tell me the truth. 
Yeah. Like every time we end, it's because you bang somebody, but you tell me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, that doesn't make it right, obviously. No. The fact is that we were both so toxic and sick that she was okay with mm-hmm. it and I was okay doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Until all of a sudden it just wasn't okay anymore. Yeah. And it didn't, it wasn't like I had this like epiphany of, oh my God, I'm such a loving human. I'm so much yeah, better yeah. now. It was literally, I went out with Heather and I no longer had interest. Mm-hmm. than anybody else it was the weirdest fucking thing first time in my adult in my existence that i started wow. going out with somebody and i didn't want somebody else wow like literally where i was where this person who i'd been on again off again with for six years yeah and finally i was able to be like yeah i can't do that anymore wow i don't want to do that anymore actually mm-hmm. it wasn't i can't it was i don't want to yeah yeah because between that's heather, huge yeah it's huge man because heather and i were open right from the start and we still have an open relationship and it's fucking phenomenal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether we do or don't do things is of no consequence to anyone. The reality is we're free. Mm-hmm. And that freedom is what allowed me to commit to her, right? Mm-hmm. And in a way that I had never committed before, which yeah. is what I mean by that is with my heart as opposed to just my words, right? Because yeah. um, I wasn't promising her the world. I was telling her the truth. I was saying, this is who I am. Chances are I'm going to be this person in five years, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. this is who I am and this is who I've been. So we, if we're going to do this, we have to be open, right? And sobriety made the possible though, mm-hmm. right? Like sobriety, recovery, getting better, um, realizing that it's okay. It's okay to be bisexual. It's okay to be whatever people are. Yeah, absolutely. Just embrace it, yeah. right? Like embrace it and and... I know how hard it is to embrace some of this stuff. Obviously, this conversation has taken a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dar- but you can see Darcy's face right now. <laughs> he is so exhausted. <laughs> he, he, is, he is like desperately wishing for me to just stop talking. <laughs> Luckily for you, we're almost there. We're almost there. I hope we're almost there. But it's the honesty thing, right? Though, mm-hmm. like, you, you know, it's um, you're you're starting to not live a lie and then that compounds and it starts mm-hmm. to be a snowball effect. and. Yeah. That starts opening those those doors up and it does, man. Well, if I'm being honest about everything here here, why am I not being honest about these three other things? Yeah. Well now that those three things I've been honest about, what about those other three mm-hmm. things? Yeah. So I yeah. can I can see as your story's going, like it's just like you, you can almost see as you're telling it how this five years ago led to this now. Mm-hmm. And this four and a half years ago led to, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of cool, you know. Oh, well, I yeah. appreciate that, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. I hope it's not too boring either because... No, I'm in it, suck. man. Um, that would suck for you and everybody else <laughs> if it's really boring. But anyways, like, then I met Heather, right? And I, I'm I'm perfectly out now, bisexual. I, I meet Heather. Uh, and it's not like, like I said, we didn't have this, like, prison cell kind of thing going on. We had, like, this open playground kind yeah. of thing going on. Where you just you get to do what you have, what you can do, what you want to do, what you need to do, so long as you're respectful. Like we, we're respectful of each other. We yeah. have been. And but Absolutely. the really fucking cool thing is, is that if you're honest, you're being respectful. Yes. <laughs> so you you don't have to say I respect you, because Absolutely. what someone garners from your honesty is they you respect them. Yeah. Hence, you're showing them in action. Exactly. Yeah. You, it's it's beyond telling the truth, and it's into the showing the truth. Right? It's, For sure. Which I had never done. And so... Uh, as well, you're I, actually living 
your truth. Living man. a truth, right? Yeah. And and that I had never done. And and it was like fucking awe-inspiring for me. I'm yeah. like, and it's little things, man. Like yeah. it's not like uh, you know, well, we did have a really cool first date. Like mm-hmm. our first date was a Pussifer concert. Nice. And she invited me because out of default, like one of her friends who was gonna go with her bailed. Yeah. And then she just happened to think, I'm gonna invite him mm-hmm. to this. And if he comes, great. And if he doesn't come, I don't know. I can't remember what she said, what what she was going to do if I didn't agree to go. But I didn't realize, unbeknownst to me, she was like kind of stalking me. So had I known that, I might have been a little bit quicker to jump on her bandwagon. Because, dude, if you're stalking me, that's super. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Don't stalk me. You don't have to stalk me. Just call. Um, Anyway, she invited me. I could go. And Mm. the, the... Funniest thing about this for me is, because other people won't know this, but I literally avoided going to concerts because I did not want to be around people at concerts. I mm. avoided it for 20 plus years. Yeah. Like I, at that time, probably 25 years. Wow. And um, like I had never gone. And every time someone would tell me they were going, I'd be like, oh yeah, have fun with all those fucking crowds. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what's worth it like that? Yeah. So here's this girl who I don't know. I know her from my church or whatever, but that's it. Yeah. And I know she's really nice. We've laughed together and shit like that, but I never really thought much of it. Yeah. Because I didn't take subtle cues at all. Yeah. Apparently. Um, and some of them not so subtle. So <laughs> anyway, um, she asked me out and I, I say yes. I'm yeah. like, you know what? Yeah. Because I was starting to turn a corner with, um, with what I was willing to do for my life. Like I didn't want to just be stuck in my house all the time. And I had got there. I yeah, like got... why say no to things? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I finally said, okay, I'm going to start saying yes. And she just happened to ask me, I think within a week of me deciding I was going to start saying yes more. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I was looking at the text message and I'm like, fuck. Yes, I'll go. <laughs> That's where you're slowly saying, why? Slow, I'm like, so what time, <laughs> where, just to make sure. And then I, so I went and it was a fucking great time, right? Like, yeah, yeah. she's a wonderful human and, and she was so happy to see this is one of her favorite bands. Yeah. I had never even heard of them. Yeah. I didn't know that Maynard from Tool had this band, right? Yeah. And, and so anyway, I went, it was awesome. And I love the music. So mm-hmm. she is dancing in the aisle. Yeah. She's one of those humans. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting in my chair and I'm like, oh, I'm watching a concert. I'm in the Jubilee. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Look at me, my comfy seat in the Jubilee, not getting like beer thrown on me um, at a concert. This is like, this was the only concert I could have gone to as my first one in 20 yeah, yeah. years, right? Was this one where it's all a bunch of people that are pretty mellow for the most part. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think they tolerate a whole bunch of shit at the Jubilee. So, I don't think so, no. Yeah, they're not known for that. Anyway, it was a really good show. I got to watch her dance like right in front of me um, in this like black, this black and white dress. And she had like, I don't know what they call the frilly stuff in, underneath. The, I don't know. Yeah, that stuff. But she had mm-hmm. that in there, the whatever frill or whatever it is. What do they call that? Lace or something? Something. It was lacy, but it was, they have a word for it. it oh, was Jesus, actual man. Now you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. I don't know if I was asking her more explicitly yeah. expressing my ignorance of it <laughs> at the same time. Um but anyway, we went, we had the concert. It was great. And then I, we, I walked her down to the C train um, at Sunnyside. And then like when we were on the platform and we were going to hug goodbye, um, 
there was a minute, there was a minute, it was about a minute, it felt really awkward. And we were staring at each other, like into each other's eyes. And like, we were, we were thinking two different things. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you what we were thinking. I think I can tell you what we were thinking. I don't think it'll upset her. Anyway, <laughs> um, well, I was thinking, holy shit, she's actually quite hot. I think she's yeah. beautiful, actually. And I'm staring at her like, I had never even looked at her before. Yeah. This is really weird. That's what was going through my head. But what she was thinking was something totally different. And what she was thinking when she finally told me, I was like, that's why I like you. It's because she was thinking about doing something completely unheard of on the train, the sea train platform. <laughs> and, and I was, and when she didn't tell me that night, obviously yeah, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah. until later. Um, but I, I got to tell you, like, it was just like, it started off so naturally and organically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've just been so grateful for her presence because in my life, um, she's just been able, she's just this human that is so capable of, ah, I don't even know how to describe her, Matt. Yeah, there wasn't, and there wasn't a whole lot of pretension with her, right? Like, yeah. I didn't, I actually, I'll be honest with you, there still isn't. And I, I rarely, um, I rarely get the impression that of that right of that yeah. tension or that she feels like she's separate from other people or, or better than or, or worse yeah i don't get that feeling at yeah all. i just i and she's just a she's a loving human she's got compassion and and she has a passion for justice and and that kind of stuff really turns my crank right mm-hmm. like when when like when a human digs into what they're passionate about and what they love that's going to turn my crank i don't even care what it is because yeah. if, if a person's doing what they love <laughs> Absolutely. That emanates from them, right? Or if they're yeah. able to do, like, be free and do yeah, stuff yeah. that they enjoy. Like, you know that, man. Like, yeah, you see absolutely. somebody who's, you know, like Pride Day. We're talking about it. Yeah. Why is that so awesome? Because everybody gets to be themselves. Yeah, and they're like, they just love that atmosphere, right? That's what it's, comes out. Everyone's yeah. themselves and everybody's in love. Right? Absolutely. So it's got to tell you something. Even as a, sure. as a straight guy, right? Like, oh, you, totally. That must be kind of impressive to be oh, like thoroughly impressed by right? that parade. It's yeah. kind of fucking cool. It is, you know, um, it really is. And that's kind of what what Heather's like, right? Yeah. And she's bisexual too, and and we're both open about that. And, and the the interesting thing about it is, is that how shocked people are that we're still together, and it's been almost four years. Yeah. Right. And and because most people have an impression of that kind of relationship that it can't. But yes. that's because you, most people are approaching it from the, uh, the from the idea of only two people versus yeah. two people who have multiple interests. Well, and, and I think, honestly, from from outside perspective, I think a lot of people look at it like, well, that kind of lifestyle isn't going to last long. Yeah, because... Because it's not their lifestyle. Yeah. They're the man-woman picket fence mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And that's not that. Yeah. And so I find that with a lot of things, not just like open relationships mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, if it's not what I think is the normal, there's no way that can last. Yeah. Long. That's got to be bad. how can you guys even treat each other with respect? Yeah. You know, that's not love. Yeah. Well, I who know. the fuck says it isn't? Well, and I can tell right? you how we do treat each other with respect. We tell each other the truth. Yeah. That's how you Which show is, somebody respect. Honestly, more than probably 60 yeah. to 70% of the marriages out there. Yeah. Which is why the divorce rate's so fucking high. Well, and I and I don't get like, it. Like, see, I get that because yeah. you, you just pointed to something that 
that kind of jumps out at me about about marriage in, in particular is that people will stay married in order to protect who they aren't instead of getting yes. away from the other person and become who they are. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the, it's, it's a really weird thing that, that people do. And yeah. I know there's lots of reasons why we do it. I, I get that. There's <clears throat> philosophical reasons up the wazoo. There's biological reasons as well. I'm sure. Right. That drive us to one partner. Well, it, right? y- you're, you're told that your whole life. Mm-hmm. So then when you get there, you think, well, I, I'm, I'm just going to suffer through this because this is where I'm supposed to be. And that's yeah. what a lot, I honestly think, because a lot of the people that I know that I've seen pre-divorce and after divorce, it really is that. They're trying to live up to something they were, they thought was the image that they should have been. Yeah. You know, I have to say, um, before, before I knew you guys, mm-hmm. you and Heather, I honestly, I can tell you this for sure. I didn't really understand open relationships Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand bisexual people. Mm -hmm. And it's not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. It's just because that's not my norm. Mm -hmm. Again, that's why I said that perspective because that's how I felt a year ago Yeah, is there's nothing wrong with it. If that works for you, that's great. But I don't understand it. Like I can understand, you know, two men, two women, trans, a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But for some reason I had this like block there. And a lot of people do. It was I don't know, I don't even know when this was maybe two three months ago. But you were talking about it with some with one of the guests after the show, and I was packing up, and just the way you were talking about it, and I've been wanting to tell you this because it completely changed how I looked at everything hmm. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Because just the way you were talking about it, and and the way you're talking about how you and Heather you know, you respect each other and, you know, stuff like that. And there's a lot of love there and stuff. It it actually made me realize, I'm like, oh, I can see how that would work now. Mm-hmm. And I get, like, I totally clue, like clicked. And I was like, I, I could totally get that now. And it's, it's not that I'm going to run out and do it, but I, but I just, I understand now. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to thank you for that because that's something that for me, a lot of what this last year has been on this mm-hmm. podcast has been, Moments of going, oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. And it, a lot of times it's not, maybe not even what's said on the podcast. Yeah. But it's the 10 or 15 minutes before, 10, mm-hmm. 15 minutes after. And it's just like, I'll go home and I'll be like, what the fuck? I really have to, like, that's a whole new thought in my head. Or just an understanding. Mm-hmm. And that's one of them. So I really do, I mean, I, I have to thank you for it. Because well, it, it really that. made my mind go. Oh. I appreciate and that. grow as a human, yeah. you know. Cool. And you, I, I know you didn't even know, you didn't even know what you said. And I, I, I couldn't tell you can't remember. what the guest was, who the guest was yeah. or anything. But I, and I know it would just be something like you were just talking about it. And mm-hmm. then we went downstairs and we're out yeah. here. But it was just like the whole time home. I'm like, oh my God, I, why did that not clue yeah. in earlier? But I think it's a good, so, it's a good point to bring up, right? About yeah. trying to understand where other people are coming from. Is that one of the things we have to do is let our old thinking kind of run its course. Yeah. So that we can be open for whatever is new, right? And, yeah. and the new thinking is, it's it's not just new for you too, right? Like that's yeah. kind of new for me is yeah. treating it. And it was not new just when Heather met, but before that, as I was coming back out again, yeah, what, yeah. what had started to occur to me was this, you can do this with love. Yeah, that's right? it. Right? You, yeah, yeah. you can be, you can have love and have an open relationship. You can yes. have love and have a closed relationship. You can have love and have no relationship. 
Yeah. Like there's, there's lots of ways to love yeah. and see, and that's what one of the things that I'm always reminded of since I've started, since I've gone to pride. Um, and this year was no different. I'm always reminded of no matter what I think about somebody else or something else that people do. The reality is those people are doing it with love. Yes. Most likely because yeah. if they're happy, there's love there. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's something positive going on for sure. So I started to realize that that was more, that's part of why it's so important to me to be at pride. Right. Yeah. Is because of that is because yeah. how else are we going to show people that just because I'm bisexual doesn't mean I'm, I'm going and looking for dick and washrooms because I'll, I'll tell or you burning in hell. Yeah. Or burning in hell for yeah. that matter. Right. In a lake uh, of fire. Yeah. In a <laughs> lake of fire with Satan. Yeah. Um, but like it was, that's how I used to think of it too. So yeah. it's no doubt that people who don't know would think that way. Yeah. Because the only thing they have to compare it to is when you hear stories about guys in bathrooms or guys getting caught yeah. in parks. Or, or you watch or, some movies or like. Exactly. Wherever, wherever yeah. you're getting your input from. See all these U.S. politicians. <laughs> yeah. Or you see the U.S. politicians <laughs> saying this is bullshit. Or yeah. or if you're if you're like me and you're you're you start to become open about being bisexual and then you get into a conversation with a gay man who condemns you for being bisexual using the same scripture that was used to condemn him. Right. So that was, so to go back to the Christianity thing, which was four hours ago. Now you probably forgot um, (laughs) is, is to go back to that because there was a lot of little things that happened in the last eight to 10 years Mm -hmm. that really cleared the the pathway for me to let Christianity go. And because this was one of the, this was like a year and a half ago when this guy said this to me, yeah. um, that when he, he actually said that he quoted the scripture and said, you need to just make a choice. You're just being a fucking greedy. Right. Wow. And I know yeah. dude, this is how some people talk, man. Yeah. And, and so if you're out there and you're straight and you don't understand, I really am not going to hold that against you. But yeah. if you're out there and you're gay and you don't understand, I'm going to hold it against you yeah, yeah. when you try to condemn me. Now, the reason I'm going to hold it against you when you try to condemn me yeah. is because you have no fucking right to condemn anyone yeah. any more than anyone had a right to condemn you, For sure. right? So out of that hurt, though, you don't have to hurt others yeah. anymore, right? Yeah. And I forgive you for saying that. I forgive you not because I have to, not because of some Christian guilt. I forgive that person because I come have come to understand that they must be in pain. Yeah. They must be in pain to say things like that to people. Yeah. To condemn people for who they are and who they're proud to be is to condemn them. Obviously, that person, whoever that is, is in pain. Right? Yeah. And that, that applies to any aspect. Exactly. You're judging and condemning someone for anything. There's like, you know, my, I'm going to assume you're coming from a place of hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what it is. Even though you might say, I'm not hurt. I don't get hurt. I'm just yeah. mad because God said this is bad. And it could be 10, 15, 25 years later before you go, oh, yeah, I probably was hurt when <laughs> I said right. that to that guy. That's that right. one guy, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is, I mean, that person may not even remember the conversation. And that's perfectly yeah, okay not. with me. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not asking that person for anything. I'm simply saying that was part of my, of my final straws yeah. right to leave christianity behind for sure i mean the real the, the big ones that i can't reconcile myself with with that is 
first of all, that my neighbor is going to go to hell for not believing, or that you're going to go to hell for yeah. not believing in the same God as me. Yeah, yeah. That's horseshit. Yeah. I don't buy it. It's fucking a lie. That's well, there's there's say. so many illogical things about yeah, that. I, you really can take any religion. I, as I was really? saying that, there's a couple things I can't reconcile. I'm like, no, there's lots I can't yeah, reconcile. There, there is a lot. Yeah. So but, I won't get into all those, but there are some pretty basic ones, right? Like, like Noah's magic zoo boat is a hard one. For the me. magic zoo boat, like, <laughs> yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. I recognize we did probably have a flood on this planet. We for sure did. Yeah. Because it was, a, we were hit by a fucking asteroid or whatever it was. Yes. One sure. day we'll figure this out. We don't know yet. That's fine. I still don't think um, that the world is 6,000 or 10,000 years old. Yeah. I just, I, I, I think, I think it's okay to grow up Christianity. Like it's okay. Yeah. And Islam and Hinduism and any other religion that would condemn anyone else. Yeah. Grow up. Well, I think, I think in the end for me, that's the hardest part of any religion is if, if you think it's okay to tell somebody else Mm -hmm. that they're wrong or eternally wrong or going to Mm -hmm. hell or anything like for something they're doing, but as long as they're not hurting anyone, Mm -hmm. like if it's being out of, you know, like love Mm -hmm. out of compassion but you're saying it's wrong mm-hmm. that to me is where the, yeah. the switch goes off and i'm like okay yep. i'm done with you like yeah i can't hear you anymore yeah like, like it, I, yeah. you don't even make sense because well, everything in your book just went out the door yeah <laughs> dude. It's, well it's kind of this true though right because yeah. you can tell you you can tell me you love people all day long but if you're hating people on the side then you're not loving people yeah and you're certainly not representing some fucking creative intelligence that puts you here right yeah, like absolutely. because if there's a creative intelligence up there, and I believe there is mm. out there somewhere in here somewhere, yeah. um, I believe there is. I have a real hard time thinking that that creative intelligence is petty, For sure. right? Yeah, um, is petty and insecure and vengeful, dude. Yeah. We know that nature is vengeful. Yeah, it's not vengeful because it's like angry. It's vengeful because that's part of life. Yeah, right. Is having destruction and. We're not the only species that fights no. over bullshit. Or suffers or, or anything. Suffers yeah. Or suffers. And I definitely don't think we're the only species that has consciousness. Absolutely. I just don't buy it. Um, I, I think yeah. there's lots of species that have consciousness, if not all of us. Well, they know for a fact, Some like, sense. for example, orca whales have a mm-hmm. higher, more emotional range than we do. Yeah. They have emotions that we don't even know exist. Yeah. And I don't know how they prove that, but they've proven that. And well, so it's it, there is something out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I buy, I buy that, right? Like I yeah. believe that, and and like I said, I mean, there's a one in four hundred trillion chance that we're here, dude, as yeah. who we are. There is something to that. For is sure. it random? Maybe. Maybe yeah. it was just the way it was all rolled out to be when things started. I don't know. Yeah. Um. How much time? We're at four thirty. Four thirty. Do you want to keep going? No, fuck. We're gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna pull the pin here. Okay. <laughs> First of all, this has been a long session. Thank you, Darcy. Yeah. For well, putting I'm, up with I me, loved man. Um, I, loved I loved it too, obviously, because you don't talk for four and a half hours unless you're having a good yeah, conversation. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, so thank you for letting me do that. Yeah. For letting me just ramble on like a ramble sure. dog. Um, where are we at here? I think that's it. I'd really like to hear from more people this year. This mm-hmm. is gonna be, So this is going to be our first episode of our second season. Yeah. Of this podcast, the Voices in Recovery podcast. So, Darcy, thank you for the first season. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for doing Thank this. you. Hey, man, you're <laughs> welcome. Thanks for signing on for a second one, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're going to do all kinds of different stuff this year. Uh, and 
we're not going to be a hundred percent, we're not a hundred percent tied to one specific kind of recovery. I feel like I said that last year, but yeah. I want to say it again. Like yeah. we're, we're talking about recovery from all kinds of things, right? Yeah. Not just alcohol and drugs <laughs> or gambling or sex or whatever. Um, we're talking about recovery from chronic pain. Um, I work with people who have chronic pain um, because I have chronic pain and yeah. it makes sense to work with other people so you can help each other. Right. And yeah. um, to cope with it, find out how to cope with chronic pain. For sure. Uh, so anyway, we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. Like we want you to come in. We want to have, we want to share these stories and I'm going to share a little bit about what was shared with me about our podcast. And this is a reflection of our guests and Darcy's expert ability to edit. <laughs> I assure you. Um, but um, it was it was said to me that one of the things that people really appreciate about this podcast is that it's people like you and me yeah. who are talking. Yeah. And that's what is appreciated. Because there is a part of the life that I've been given inside of 12-step meeting groups. Um, and I've been given this life because I have a dependency on alcohol. And so out of that dependency, I was able to get this gift of going into a room and given stories of other people who have done extraordinary things, mm. right? And what those stories have amounted to for me are all kinds of different dividends they've paid, right? Yeah. But one of the biggest dividends that other people's stories do for, for myself and other people in general is it gives them hope. Yes. Because we don't know how desperate somebody is. We don't know where somebody else is right now. And what we're trying to do with this podcast, what I believe Darcy is wholeheartedly yeah. into as well as I am, <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, is to spread these stories so that we can hopefully get them to the people who might need to hear them. Yeah. Right? And obviously, if you're still listening to this story, then you need to get hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> because this is four and a half hours of your life you're not getting back. <laughs> um and please send all your emails to Darcy at, I'm just <laughs> yeah. kidding, um, all your complaints. But no, thank you for listening um, for the first year. Uh, and on behalf of us, like, thanks yeah, for- Yeah, it's been phenomenal. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for coming back again for a second year if you're still here. Absolutely. Mind you, after this episode, we're probably going to have some <laughs> drop-offs. I don't think they're all going to be four and a half hours. No, they won't be this long, hopefully. This is like your premiere That's right. of the season. See, it it's got to be the longer one. Well, I, I mean, well, it turned out to be. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in this week to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Please stay tuned every Wednesday as we air another episode. Thank you for your time. And please, if you're in trouble, reach out. If you need to contact us at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca or you can look for us on Facebook under Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you again for tuning in. Please stay tuned for upcoming groups, activities, and podcasts. <laughs>